0: And once again, so easy. Search Ufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door.
1: Tis the season to shine with H&M.
0: Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion
2: finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at HM.com. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and guns, coming.
0: Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, today's a great one. I know you're going to love it. Um, real quick, let's run through some tour dates. Uh, that are coming up. We haven't done a black sales, uh, by the way, in a while, because we've been out of town. I did a Sunday show in San Antonio last week. Thank you everyone who came out to San Antonio. Uh, I know I was supposed to say hi to someone on this podcast, but thank you everyone for coming up and and hanging out with me after the shows. This week, I'm in Spokane tonight. Right now. Right now. It's March 1st. I'm in Spokane Comedy Club. I think the show's probably already sold out. But, uh, if you're getting this, See if you can get some tickets and come. I think there was like 20 tickets left for the show tonight. But um, helium Portland, uh, this weekend, the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of March. Richmond sold out. D.C. sold out. Columbus is sold out. Kuluco sold out. All right. Omaha Funny Bone, the 31st of the month and then the 1st of April. Wise Guys, Salt Lake City, the 13th, 14th, and 15th of April. Stand Up. Live huntsville on the twentieth of april wild west comedy festival the twenty first and twenty second yuck yucks canada calgary detroit Kickstarter I gotta fucking do that <coughs> I'm spinning out of control do you feel it yes i'm 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 like i think I'm working too much
2: huh maybe
0: maybe I'm you're like, not sleeping enough I'm not sleeping at all. I'm not sleeping at all.
2: Maybe you need to spend more time in nature.
0: (sighs) Detroit Kickstarter is on the 4th of May, and I haven't even started that. I haven't even fucking started it. Cincinnati is the 5th and 6th, and then Crapshoot Comedy Fest. Look, those are my tour dates.
2: You can also go to BurtBurtBurt.com because they're all on your calendar.
0: Yeah, you could just do that. I'm sorry that I fucking and sip of my drink.
2: And you can go to Bert, Bert, com and buy a t-shirt or a copy of your book.
0: That's my wife Leanne, everybody. Um, I will say the one the one thing I've really enjoyed these what two days I've been home these last two weeks is um, our subscription to Blue Apron.
2: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: I will be honest, you know, when we cook normally it it's very chaotic. Without Blue Apron, it's chaotic. Like, I feel like I'm sweating. I'm running around the kitchen. Blue Apron sets it up so that it's super doable. You get such a detailed list. We made this, uh, this steak. By the way, I- I'm going to try to cover these points, but, like, I didn't think the steaks were big enough, so I ran out and bought two other steaks from Gelson's. And the two steaks I bought from Gelson's, Sucked compared to the ones that Blue Apron sent.
2: They were really good. You know what I like about it? What is that? I don't have to figure out what I'm cooking. I don't have to go. Huh? What am I going to cook tonight?
0: I love the way their butter comes. Their butter <laughs> comes in increments of like this is one tablespoon of butter. One ounce. I by the way, Blue Apron just sold those one ounces of butter i just buy those so I knew what, you know what I mean?
2: Like a bag of butter, a oh. bag of one-ounce packages. But, you know, it's really great too because all their food is locally sourced and it's all 100% sustainable food. And that's really cool too. That's why the steak was so good.
0: The steak was fantastic. You know, it says, they, they say that it's responsibly farm-raised animals. I heard this thing today about this guy who makes chicken. And he goes, just so you know, our chicken's put to sleep before it's killed. It makes it a lot more tender. And I went, interesting.
2: Oh, that would make sense because they're relaxed. Yeah. And the chemicals aren't like...
0: I mean, look, you got to kill the animal to eat the meat. But yeah, the chicken and pork and beef come from responsibly farm-raised animals. The produce (coughs) is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Oh, it's my favorite type of farming. Is it? I don't know what regenerative means. (laughs) Fucking idiot! Um, You can get it in ninety nine percent of this continental U.S. and ninety nine point five percent of deserts.
2: Desserts (laughs) or desserts? I'm fucking idiot. No, they don't. They don't serve desserts. It's so cool
0: that they send you the identical. They send you what you need to cook,
2: and everything is portioned. It's not like and measure a tablespoon of this thing. What's in the bottle? Is what you put in the recipe. There's no thought. You just have to be able to follow directions. That's it.
0: Yeah, it's cheap. It's under $10 per person, which is a big deal for us. By the way, that little Gelson's run ran me like 75 bucks. Yeah. And the whole meal that Blue Apron sent out was under 40 bucks.
2: Yeah. And And it was delicious.
0: (laughs) And by the way, we didn't need the extra steak.
2: No. And we didn't have any leftovers. It was perfectly portioned,
0: and I don't know if it's because it comes shipped here, but the girls have been willing to try everything.
2: They have tried every; they've liked to, almost made, what everything. What was
0: the casserole we made?
2: It was a chicken and rice casserole with kale and cremini with kale mushrooms. You know
0: what kale sounds like to my girls.
2: Dirt, dirt. <laughs>
0: but they loved it. They did. They I will ate say it. Isla went through and fingered out all the chicken post post-dinner
2: but she ate she ate the casserole casserole,
0: but then went through and pulled out every piece of chicken
2: i ate almost all of that (laughs) can i tell you another
0: thing i love about blue apron by the way i'm not i am selling this product because i want you to try it because it is fun but like i love that they tell you know so often when you get a steak they don't come with instructions on listen i know how to cook but i love when they go three to five minutes per side
2: you don't have to think about it that's the thing you just simply follow the directions
0: it's uh, it's fantastic, and every week we get two new...
2: Two meals a week.
0: Two meals a week, and it's nice, because I come home, and there's no thought into it. You just plug it in, and you start doing it. It's easy, step-by-step, step, guaranteed freshness. Everything's fresh. Everything's fantastic. So, I know last week, I got some people that, uh, that said that the, the code wasn't working. Right. But it is working. We've reached out to Blue Apron, and the code is working, so... Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash birdcast. I'm assuming you know how to spell my name, but it's B-E-R-T-C-A-S T Birdcast. Blueapron.com slash Motherfucker. BlueApron.com slash birdcast. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with blue apron, so don't wait. That is blueapron.com slash burkcast. Let me tell you the meals they got coming up. Salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli. Georgia May Chrysler is going to love that. She is. Pork chops with miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple. Yum. See, that's something, by the way, I would never fucking put a marinated apple into my dinner.
2: That you? Were, that's what you thought? I was it, like, I don't know how to even begin to cook bok choy. I can't wait to find out.
0: Yeah, and then you can do some cheat codes and go, Oh, by the way, I totally know how to cook chicken and shred it now because of that. Exactly. I love this. Vegetable chili and baked sweet potato with crispy tortilla strips. That's going to be a big one in this house. Yes. Oh, this one I'm going to love. Spicy shrimp coconut curry with cabbage rice. Wow. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. So like I said, guys, um, so you can support the podcast exactly by this. I know that all you guys always say, hey, thanks for all the free content. I'm a trucker, and I drive, and I drove six hours to get to the show tonight. And you guys always say that to me, and I, and I appreciate it. Uh, this is how you can support the podcast by supporting yourself. Just go to BlueApron.com dot slash slash birdcast and get and get three free meals with free shipping. Is this ad running long? I feel I don't like know. it. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? It's something we really enjoy.
2: It is actually something we really enjoy. It's something we actually use, I and we enjoy it. I, I like you said. I'm the kids have tried all of this food and they've eaten all of it. They've liked it, so that's great. And I just love not having to think about what I'm cooking oh, that night. So easy.
0: I love it. Anyway, <coughs> blueapron.com/slash/bertcast. Like I said, I'm on the road pretty aggressively. I'm doing good on the road. It's when I come home, I think I fall apart. I think I feel like I'm feel like i being a shit dad. I had a conversation with the girls today. What?
2: Well, it's not true. It's absolutely not true. And you, you get in this hate spiral with yourself of being a shit dad. And it's not true. Because you're really plugged in when you're home. And you need to give yourself a break.
0: It's so funny. I, I had no recollection of my dad needing... Like his panic to be a grown up, or to make money, or to get to the next phase of his life, or to watch him go. Fuck, I'm gonna be fifty one like in six years. Like I had no panic, I had no notice of that, and I feel like all the girls see is me going like, "Fuck, I'm getting old." I'm, you know,
2: <laughs> that's not all they see.
0: I feel like they look at you and they're like, Gee, "Mom's definitely getting old."
2: Ah, uh, they don't see that. They don't. No.
0: Do they think? Do you think they think we're young?
2: I don't know. I don't think they think we're young, per se, but I don't think they think we're old. I think you know who that. I think they think is old. Who is like?
0: You're gonna say my mom.
2: It's like uh, grandma and Judy and Nana Hen.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Um, as always, uh, I always promote good stuff that I like. So Pete Holmes's TV show. I haven't caught up on it. Uh, I have an episode. I wasn't here this Sunday. But uh, it looks great. TJ Miller's in it. Artie Lang's in it. I really do love it. Uh, check out the Chicken Connoisseur online. I think that guy's fucking oh my awesome. Oh, God. Oh, don't start me. Stormzy is my new favorite rapper. Uh, just check out Stormzy.
2: <laughs> Someone spent too much time in London.
0: Someone put, spent way too much time in London. Uh, and, uh... And, And that leads in perfectly to this podcast. This podcast is a guy I'm friends with, but I love, I mean, I love all his podcasts. And he's a guy that's been doing podcasts longer than I think any of us. Um, He's been in the game for a long time. You've heard me on his podcast, Doug Loves Movies. Why do I do the tease? Like, I reveal the name at the end, but everyone already knows it's Doug Benson. Anyway, he's got a new show called The High Court every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at midnight it's a little confusing Chris Hardwick should change the name of his show I know it's really well you wouldn't do that now once you have a very successful show Chris Hardwick's show at midnight which is a fantastic show um that I've never been invited to be on which is a little upsetting to me considering Chris and I are such besties we text about comic book characters all the time like I'm such a comic book guy you probably don't know that about me do you
2: yeah I do me? Yeah. You're talking to me or the fans? Yeah, you. <clears throat> I have never read a comic book in my life. <coughs> but you, you always go to the comic book store. For
0: Georgia. I can't read that shit. I'm dyslexic. So then what I,
2: are you talking about?
0: I'm just being, I'm doing a gag. You're. Hard. Man, you are, you are, heart. you are tired, aren't you?
2: I'm sick. I'm sick as a dang hate, dog. By
0: the way, I hate this fucking voice that you do when you're sick. It's just like.
2: <gasps> like I'm making it up?
0: Whatever. Anyway. Um, you're a jerk. Today's guest is a friend of mine. Uh, You've heard him on the podcast a million times. I know that everyone loves him when he's on the podcast. And this uh, will not let down. I think it's a two-hour podcast that we do. Plus that now with this intro. That's 15 fucking Marin minutes. But uh, no slight on Mark Marin. We do talk shit about comics, but we don't talk bad about comics uh, in this podcast. Uh, No one. We don't talk bad about anyone. Back to my obsession I love his podcast, Getting Dug With High. Would you let me do Getting Dug With High?
2: Uh, Haven't you already done Getting Dug With High? No. Then what are the other podcasts you do with him in which you get high?
0: We just get high. We don't don't get high on camera.
2: Why would you ask me if I would let you? Have I ever not let you do anything? The
0: reason we we talked about it is because of the kids. But now that it's legal in L.A., it's kind of weird.
2: Uh, I don't think your kids will see or find that for quite a few years. Isla is 10.
0: Okay. So uh, I'll be, we talk about that on this podcast. And uh, and I love getting Doug with High. Right now, there's a bong a thon that he just did. but But check out his show, The High Court. It is fantastic. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at midnight on Comedy Central. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast. My friend Doug Benson.
2: This is What was
0: the I just saw a TV show. Oh, uh Pete Holmes's thing. Crashing. Where they said he said my wife and everyone went, My wife
1: Well one guy in the audience did it and then yeah. and then Pete's uh uh you know, rookie comedian character, you know, didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, it's, lots of people will, and it's, it's kind of, the person in the audience that does that is obnoxious, you know, so it's kind of like, mm, that's what,
0: <laughs> that's what I am. <laughs> All right, talk to yours. Hello? Hello. Yeah, these sound fun. What the fuck am I worried about? I don't know. Okay. Um. Yeah. Did you, uh, well, I mean, I'd ask you. What you thought of Pete's thing, but I think there's no way that you anyone would talk bad about it. But I think it was really good, so I think it's safe to say fodder, you know, to bring up.
1: I liked your tweet about this is good for comedy <laughs> or whatever you said. Yeah, because <laughs> it is. It's um, I I found it the interesting thing to me, and I've read it in a couple of reviews, is that he's very willing to be the least funny character on his own show. Yeah. You know, because he's playing such a green comedian and such a sweet guy. And I hope that, like, over the course of the show, you see him turn into a, a more confident, solid comedian that actually confronts the audience when they're not, you know. Yeah, because nowadays Pete Holmes does not let a
0: non laugh go by without telling the audience that they're wrong. That's a really interesting. Insight. <laughs> like he, his his stand up is so drastically fucking different than that character. Yeah, but that character is
1: really supposed to be what he was like initially. It's so funny, just a sweet religious guy
0: who you know decides he wants to be a comedian. You know, Joe Apatow, right? Yeah, Joe Apatow seems to really have his fucking finger on the pulse of how to make stand ups funny and in. in other mediums. Uh, Has he failed with anybody? Um, not really. I got to be honest with you. I've never liked <laughs> Lena Dunham in my life. Yeah. I've never. I've, she's always rubbed me wrong. I could I,
1: see that because her character is supposed to be
0: irritating. Yeah, but man, know? I got. I listened to her on Marin yesterday, and I, she seemed really enjoyable. Like a very. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I, I think would. she's
1: super smart, but is good at writing a really awful character that she plays. Yeah, and then that people. Get the two confused, and then her politics are extremely liberal, of course. So then, Extru- that gives you. But you're really that liberal. gives conservatives a reason to be mad at her because yeah. her character on the show is annoying, and then she in her real life. She's saying things they don't like, so it it piles on the hate. Plus, it's still a sexist country. We still live in a sexist world.
0: I think I'm definitely sexist. <laughs> I think, I'm, like, and a, and a, I think
1: by virtue of being a man, you're automatically yeah. a little sexist.
0: That's, can I tell you, that's what, <laughs> that's what rubs me wrong, though, is that sometimes, and, and I go, by virtue of being a man, I'm a little sexist, and I'm, but I'm also a liberal, and I think I'm probably more liberal than, than I, I would venture to say, easily 75% of this country. Right? When you guess that, like... I don't know. How, what do you think you are?
1: I mean, considering... Uh, you know, the numbers lately in polls and stuff, it just sort of feels like uh, really hardcore conservatives are definitely becoming more of a minority, but not, yeah. they're still a strong minority. There's still like
0: 40% maybe. I think there's a portion of guys like me who end up being liberal, um, supporting liberal values, but then still get attacked by the far, far left liberal side by going, no, 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 no. You culturally appropriated that. You, you're, you need to question your masculinity. You need to renounce your white privilege. You need to, and I'm like, hold on, man. I was liberal. Like I came to this party, going, I want everyone to have a great life. I don't want anyone to be minimized. You live with all women. No shit. <laughs> even so, there's
1: a certain amount's gonna rub off just from that.
0: Oh, dude, we got into a fight. Me and my daughters got into a fight. Not a fight. <laughs> my, let me rephrase that. Me and my wife got into a fight about, about something my daughters had said. My daughters were talking about Hidden Figures, what a great movie it was. And oh, that's
1: cool that they liked that.
0: They loved it. And then they're like, and, but then they started going like, it's an amazing story, Dad. Like, it's amazing. So they're telling me I should go see it. Yeah. And then I go, really? And they're like, yeah, these three black women in the 60s basically saved NASA. And I was like, uh, I go, well, guys, it's a movie. Like, it's not real. <laughs> and my wife's like, don't do that. And I go, hold on, wait. Are we supposed to live in a world now where we can let they movies show the th- real
1: women at the end? They, it's based on real people. Yeah, it's but, it's, but it's movie-fied. It's sure. moviefied.
0: It's movie-fied. But the
1: most movie thing in it is when Kevin Costner takes down the uh, Negroes-only bathroom sign. Mm-hmm. Not because he's tired of racism, but because. It's more expedient because he needs this woman to do the NASA math, and she has to walk 20 minutes to go to a, a blacks-only restroom, yeah. and he wants her to be able to work harder yeah. and spend less time walking to the bathroom. You- <laughs> so so it's like a white guy saves the day, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like um, – but it's it's really I find it quite moving, and I'm glad that uh, girls in this that it's a big hit, and the girls in this country are seeing it. Because oh, my daughters love it. And for it's you know it's very pro women and pro black women and yeah black people in general. It's uh it's a crowd pleaser. You know it's it's definitely not like I wouldn't give it best picture out of the nine that they nominated, but who
0: are we? Do you know the nine they nominated? Yeah. What are they? <laughs> Arrival. Oh, I heard that's amazing. I want to see it. Hell or high water. Don't even know what it's about. Oh, is uh, that the one? Jeff Bridges. Oh. It's and, good. Uh, and uh, Chris Pine?
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's very good. I saw it Drunk
0: on a Plane. What's it about?
1: It's about, uh, you know, bad guys in uh, Texas. and uh, Je- Chris Pine's a bad guy and Jeff Bridges is a lawman.
0: And the lines the lines get blurred between good and bad. <laughs> Fuck, I can't believe I watched this entire movie on a plane. Well, yeah,
1: but you drink on planes. I,
0: get, I can't remember at all what it's about.
1: But if you watch it again, you'll be like, oh, this is totally familiar. Yeah. And I think you'll like it again. I saw it twice.
0: Yeah, I'll watch it again.
1: Um, Fences, the Denzel Washington, August Wilson play. I love uh, anything
0: Denzel Washington does.
1: He's great. Uh, Hidden Figures, um, La La Land.
0: I I, that's automatically, that's that branding, that marketing it just looks at my eyes and goes, pass.
1: Right, but lots of people that don't like musicals love it.
0: Really? And some hate it. You
1: know, it's it's definitely, you're going to go either way on it. But, I like Ryan Gosling. Well, then you might like it because he's very uh, charming in it. Uh, did you see the other, uh, the nice guys? No. Him and Russell Crowe?
0: No, but that's right oh, up my alley. Oh, he's so funny in it. Really? And it's
1: really good. It takes place in the seventies, so they recreate like how Sunset Strip was uh Tower Records and all the uh oh, all up. the uh, movie billboards, you know. Yeah. And uh it's really good.
0: I watched Chinatown last night. Oh wow. For the first time or Yeah, I never watched it. It's pretty good, right? It's
1: a, it's a great movie. <laughs>
0: like, it's a great
1: movie. And then when he starts slapping her, and she's saying, "I'm, I'm, you know, I'm your sister. I'm your, whatever that line is." Yeah. Uh, d- were you, were you like, oh, that's what everybody's been talking about, or had you not known that that was the twist? In the I movie? had
0: not known that was a twist.
1: Pretty messed up, right? Yeah, Be-
0: but like <laughs> beyond. And but the, you, the reason I watched it, honestly, and this is I, like I, I I think I'm really piling on on how stupid I am lately. But the reason I watched it because I couldn't remember the line it was famous for or why it was applicable in the movie
1: forget it jake it's chinatown
0: yep and i was like wait what how does that like in a weird way that was a cool like uh spoiler for me not spoiler but a a cool uh end of the movie for me so i was like what's the line what's the line and why does it matter And I'm waiting. I'm going, I know the line they say at the very end of the movie is epic. What is it? And then when he said it, I went, oh, it is Chinatown. (laughs) Shit, no one's doing shit. Oh, God. I'm doing you a favor, Jake. It was fucking great. My wife came in halfway through and was like, oh, I want to watch
1: this. What about Casablanca? Uh... You'll be very excited when they say this is the beginning of a beautiful r- friendship. At the end, wait—is
0: it? Wait, I—I I thought Casablanca. What was the I play
1: thought, it, Sam? Play it, Sam. Is in the middle of the movie, but it ends with another famous line: "This is the beginning of a, a beautiful friendship." Oh, well, no, I can't wait to watch, wait to watch Casablanca. Claude Rains and uh, Humphrey Bogart. But um, just to finish out, because I'm anal, and maybe maybe the listeners are too. Yeah. Also nominated for Best Picture, Moonlight. Which is about a, a gay black man and it's told through three stages of his life and uh, coping with realizing that he's gay. It's very artful, very well done. Um, and uh, Hacksaw Ridge, the the t- oh. Mel Gibson war movie, which I have not seen yet, but I you know I, I've heard you know some good things about, and obviously must be pretty good if it got nominated for best picture. And is that did I say nine movies? I think so. Yeah. Oh, oh, Manchester by the Sea. Which oh, is, with. Bit insanely depressing I Casey Affleck
0: it. Casey Affleck
1: and it's can I just tell you why it's depressing so that I can make it so you never see it yeah unless you're in the mood to ball your goddamn eyes out
0: uh <laughs> hang on one second will I if, by knowing this will I not ball my eyes out no oh, you'll it's ball still anyway. terrible <laughs> tell me what it is
1: guy gets drunk one night with his buddies they're all partying in his house The wife kicks them all out. He leaves, and when he he goes to like a liquor store, Seven Eleven, or something, and when he gets back, the house is on fire because he was so drunk he forgot to close the fireplace flue, and both of his daughters burn in the fire to death. And that's Casey Affleck. And that's. And then there's lots more movie after that. <laughs> that's how it opens. No, no, it's it's fairly deep into it. I should have said spoiler alert, but I guess people, uh, oh either want to see it or they don't. So
0: that's fucking. I uh, see. I you would even... you would lose your mind. Oh yeah, that shit it's like bad. that. Shit like that does. The idea to do that
1: it? a father is responsible for, for being his drunk two
0: daughters. <laughs> yes, for being drunk.
1: <laughs> I think they. I think the working title was the Burt Kreischer story. <laughs> Can
0: I, t- I, I, t- I think I told you what happened to me when we were redoing the house. Maybe. I had, we had a Coleman grill outside that we were grilling on. That's how we were making dinner. We were living in the house when we remodeled it. So I go in. I'm, I, 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 I do all the grilling. I go in the house, and then I go. You know, And we'd been having problems with people breaking in. And we were under construction. So in the middle of the night, like midnight, I'm drunk. But I wake up and I go fuck. I'm not even. I'm not even asleep. I'm just. I just laid down and I go fuck. I left the Coleman grill out there, and Leanne's like, "Oh, definitely bring that inside, but bleed it out." No one. Okay, so I go in there. I bring it inside, and I open both sides to the thing in our living room. Remember, we're living in two rooms. Okay, open both sides, and it starts. And I'm like, "How long does this take?" And Leanne's like, "Wait, did you take the propane off of it?" And I was like, "No." She was like, take the fucking propane off of it. So I'm like, fuck. Now i have been bleeding it for a solid minute. So I fucking click it back on. I undo the propane. That goes. Tss. Then I open it up again. and It goes. Tss. And Leanne goes, don't bleed it in the house. Bleed it outside the house. And I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. I sat up <laughs> all night long going. I can't. I just killed my family. I just bled out a propane tank inside my fucking house. Oh, I start no. Googling. I do the idiot move of, of putting it on Twitter. Brendan Walsh goes, hey, man, congrats. You just killed your family. Good luck. And you know how t- Brendan Walsh is. Then I start Googling <laughs> it, and I'm like, shit. All propane stays at the bottom. And I'm like, my kids were in a, in a fucking bunk, but I put the cat on the ground so the cat dies first because that's got the lowest uh, lung capacity. And then I just sit up drinking because I'm like, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to watch. But my wife sleeps deader than I've ever seen her sleep, and I and I start falling asleep. Every time I start falling asleep, I believe I'm gassed myself out. Dude, it was the worst night of my life. And then I woke up the next morning, and everyone's fine, I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. How long ago was this? This was uh, four months ago. Uh, <coughs>
1: yeah, so that movie might be fairly traumatic for you. And the, the performances are really good, and... Uh, you know they uh Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams both got nominated for Michelle acting. Williams is Heath Ledger's old wife. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, she's really good, really good actress. So don't see that one probably. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on that one altogether. Yeah, I think um, that's smart. What? Uh, yeah, I, but La La Land I find to be very inspiring because it's about. You know, whatever it is you want to do, he's like, he's into jazz music and she's an actress, but it's about two characters that, uh, you know, uh, come to LA or live in LA and. In the 50s? Uh, no, now. Oh. It's, it's modern, but it's got a old school kind of musical vibe to it. And, um, but it's just about how, you know, show business, you just go ahead and try to be in it and see what happens. There's just no really? guarantees. But it's also there's a lot harder things you could do
0: with your life. Yeah, you know, if if you can make it work. I was thinking that last night or yesterday. I'm driving in to do uh, Jason Ellis's show. Yeah, and I'm driving over the mountain, and I thought, I was like, over Laurel Canyon. It's beautiful because it's raining, and I, and I and I really love when it rains in LA. And then I was like, okay, I'm in this business. Like I make money. I I support a family. I've a schedule for the entire year. I was like, but I'm not like, like the top of the mountain is like Amy Schumer. Like I just started following Mark Norman on um Facebook. Yeah. And every one of his posts, he's in a private jet. Yeah, he opens for her all the time. And I was like, and then who he's not when he's not opening for her, he's opening for Louis CK. And then I was like, oh, he's on the path. in my head. I was like, just thinking through this, I go, he's on the path. I heard he's really good in that thing, that Horace and Pete thing
1: that Louis made that I, I that see. I haven't seen because you got to buy it, and I, I'm not gonna buy. I'm like, I get on
0: the internet and buy a guy I know's movie. I bought the whole fucking thing. <laughs> you did? Yeah, Kurt Metzger's got a fucking... And him. you didn't watch it? I watched seven of them, I think. I think there's 13. I should just buy it, but it just feels weird. I'm, that's my... my. You've always been at the front of this curve. Is like, But my... I'm curious to see what's going to happen with how specials are starting to be released. and Like, now that Louis signed a deal at Netflix, the net... I mean... Essentially, Netflix is dead to any other comedian, any young. It's not going to pop a comedian anymore, because now you're you are kind of in competition with Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Louis CK, and but then you've got everybody the that Wongs. gets
1: a Netflix special also is already fairly established. There, there's no. nobody that there's no nobody's getting Netflix specials. Uh, I think. I mean, you know, you're saying previously to now, like who? Like, I mean, Tony Hinchcliffe was pretty well known when he did his
0: no. I mean, head- by the way, no, I'm not saying Tony Hinch goes to nobody, but.
1: No, I'm saying uh, that's the first example that came to my yeah. mind of somebody who wasn't crazy famous as a comic
0: when he got his Netflix special. But he definitely wasn't headlining the but, country.
1: Uh, he was, you know, starting to. Starting and, to. And
0: a huge amount of exposure through uh, all the various podcasts and stuff. Compar- yes, definitely. But I think comparatively speaking, he wasn't at the level that Segura or Louis or Chris Rock or Chappelle, obviously. You know? Yeah,
1: but, you know, Netflix made Segura the level he's at now.
0: Yeah. it was huge got, for him. But he got in when it was, ch- like, literally him and Bill Burr. Like, Segura's <laughs> first, I mean, I, and I think, I mean, I, I think Segura will probably say this as well, but it really benefited him that when you watch Bill Burr's special that Segura was next in the list and that he was on the banner for a while. Right. And so th- that would, that those days are gone. Like, I don't think those days, you know what I mean?
1: I don't know. I mean, Netflix is throwing a ton of money at things, so it's gonna maybe it'll be harder for less established acts to get. Well, they're a just doing special. thirty minutes, but now. they love to have tons of content. What do you mean thirty
0: minutes? They only do thirty minutes now. They're not doing hours for comics that aren't those other guys.
1: Thirty minutes. Who's got a thirty-minute special on Netflix?
0: Natasha zero
1: It's only thirty minutes. Yeah, that's and it's on now.
0: No, no, it's their. That's what their next program is. They're only filming. They're giving out 10 30 thirty-minute specials.
1: Oh, that's just trying to copy like the what HBO or Comedy Central used to do, where they you break, you know, you
0: kind of have a Natasha's broken though. I mean, not no, broken, I know. But I mean like that came <laughs> out very She's a broken wrong. woman, but she's like fucking on Emotion her motion third- tears that shit up. She's on like her third season of of that of that show. Right. Well, then, then, then
1: that's up to her to decide if she wants to just do a half hour or not. I mean, in my mind, if they came to me and said we only want a half hour, I'd be like, at least I could put that together quicker than an hour. Yeah. You know, but I, I haven't, I haven't heard of this that you're talking about. But yes. I just know that Netflix has all of the money. You know, how do they have? They've got like, ha- money. they've got like 500 million dollars is their yearly budget or something for for original programming. Are you shitting? I'm me? not kidding. It's insane how much it is. $500 million? I think so. I think that's the figure I heard.
0: I think, look, I mean, personally, I'd love to do a special with Netflix. I probably would love to do a 30-minute special with Netflix because I could do fucking, I can do one every six months. And people will see
1: the shit out of it.
0: Yeah. You know? and, and, the, the, and,
1: and and also in Netflix's defense, maybe they're- I'm mo- not
0: attacking Netflix. No, I know you're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I know
1: you're not. But I think they're moving that way maybe because an hour is too much of any one stand-up. Do you think you know? I think a lot t- of people click out before a, an hour is over.
0: Okay, so then I'll pose this argument to you. I believe the art form is meant for an hour, and I believe that the, what you're saying is a hundred percent true. There are a lot of comedians that are not ready to do an hour because the because the business paradigm changed so quickly. So quickly that a bunch of people that didn't deserve to start doing hours started doing hours, and, and, and they were, were lackluster, and so you'd tap out.
1: I just but, think – so If Louis didn't watch the whole hour? I have He's made plenty of ones I haven't watched. Really? And I love his series, and yeah. I love him as a comic when I
0: see him live. So, what's the perfect but, amount of. Time.
1: I mean, I'm not a great example because I'm just kind of burnt out on watching comedians because I've done it for my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I'm not like seeking out stand up specials on those things. But I'll, you know, I'll pop in and watch a little bit of it just from the point of view of, you know, what theater did they use? How did they, you know, what's the set design like? Do they use audience cutaways? Because, you know, there's two schools of thought on that these days. Like, some really? comics don't want to show shots of the audience at all. Like, I think Bill Burr's specials, they don't cut to shots of people laughing. I don't and, mind it either. And certainly Hinchcliffe's is all one shot, where I the like, camera just follows him, him around and, and gets
0: what, what he's doing, and that's it. I like that. I liked that. I liked that. I'm Can someone doing...
1: else do that and not be stealing the idea?
0: Uh. Yeah, Interesting question, right? Shot.
1: I mean you can't call it one shot, but you could, you know uh, you Just do two shots. <laughs> <laughs> just one cutaway towards the end yeah. to something else. Um but I I don't know. I just I don't think stand up is meant to be on TV and I think that it was very much popularized on the tonight show and then later the all the the whole, you know, dozens of late night talk shows that somebody comes out and just does stand-up for five minutes or less.
0: See, I never thought that was the art form.
1: But it was. I mean, uh, the Tonight yeah. Show made... The only way you could be made as a comedian was to go on the Tonight Show, have a killer set, be called over to the couch. Then you're, then you're a, a headliner that sells out everywhere. Yeah, that, that just crazy. doesn't happen anymore because there was no competition against the Tonight Show late at night. So anybody that's up late and is kind of cool or you know likes comedy, that's where they found their comedians. Yeah, and uh, but I I don't like that's the thing we do long sets in the clubs, but we don't. Uh, so then when you get uh, a late night spot, then you've got a it's a whole different muscle to come out and just do such a short set and do it well.
0: I have a really hard time. You doing. know who
1: destroys it? The last couple of times I've seen him do short sets is Gary Goldman. He is fucking. <laughs> he's he- great, and I'm sure his hour is great too. But he's good at just. Like
0: one subject for four minutes. Yeah. Lots of punchlines. Very charming. Very funny. He's fucking phenomenal. I, I remember sitting with him one time. This is right before Last Comic Standing. And he was just like... I, it's like... it's." It, I always remember this as like his bottom. Like I remember Billy Gardell's bottom. When he's like, fuck this business. I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm going to go do radio in Pittsburgh. And then he got Mike and Molly. And he's like, I guess I'm in. I guess I'm here. <laughs> and Gary Goldman's was... We were sitting I'm there.
1: happy for him on that. He's a good guy.
0: Billy's amazing. Um... Gary Goldman's was um, – we were sitting at uh, this Coffee Bean on 3rd near La Brea. I don't know if you remember that Coffee Bean. I don't know if it's still around. It was yeah. outdoor with a guy named Rick. Do you remember a comedian named Rick who was like – we wear leather jackets and had long hair. And he was like, Rick – he was back – I'm talking like 99, 2000. Real – he did premium blend I think. Hmm. Fuck. <laughs> He quit comedy. Yeah, but we—the three of us—are sitting there. I, I wish I could remember his last name. The three of us are sitting there, and we're bullshitting about Rick Shapiro. No, he—he he had like long black curly hair, kind of like looked like a rock star. We're Wear leather jackets. He punched an agent one time at the improv. Wow. Um. Anyway. Anyway, he, <laughs> he, we're all sitting there, and Rick's literally like, I just don't know if i don't know if this is worth it he's like i'm drinking too much i'm smoking pot too much i'm doing i think he was doing coke at the time he's like i'm just partying and i'm not doing sets and i know like i'm just fucking uh, I i think i need a life change and gary goldman's like i want to be a high school guidance counselor he's like i'm quitting stand-up and be a high school guidance counselor and i was like that's an interesting choice he goes no i'm just gonna tell kids whenever they say i want to be a comic i'm gonna say don't do that that's the only reason to be a high (laughs) school guidance counselor and then literally a month later he got last comic standing and and two months, you know, or whatever, six months later, after it aired, called me up and he was like, hey, well, I'm doing a tour with Jay London and Alonzo and Alonzo can't do some dates. I can put you on these dates for like, I want to say like five grand. And I was like, you were just about to quit. That's, I mean, five grand is still a good amount of money, but at the time I was making like 200 bucks for hosting. And I was like, you were just about to quit and now you're giving me five grand? And he was like, it's, I've got a big tour. He's a like, great love, Gary Goldman. <laughs>
1: What do you weigh now?
0: Uh, two, um, two twenty.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Fat shaming. That's real good. Paid I off. weigh
1: less than you, but you look thinner than me, just because you know the, the change, the diff. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it's different. Um, I weighed myself a couple days ago, and I'm at two o six, and I just can't get below two hundred.
0: <laughs> two o six is like goal weight for me. I can't do it. I would love to be two o six. Fuck it. I'd look. I would look yoked at two o six.
1: Have you talked much on the on your podcast or any about uh that that clip you put on the internet where you did the wait staff uh drawing and giveaway at that uh, no. what club was that
0: Um uh Lexington off coming off Broadway. Oh
1: okay I'm, yeah. I'm going to be there on May 7th Oh yeah Uh yeah I I look forward to seeing the gentleman that you gave the money to cuz he seemed like a very, nice guy. very was, nice guy It was so that thing was so heartwarming And you're such a hero in it, but my question when I watched it is, how did it come about? Like, is it something you do all the time, and I just have never seen it, even though I've seen you headline a bunch of times? Yeah. Or you just got a bug to do it that one time? Like, how did it happen?
0: So I did it in,
1: um, I was in... For anyone who doesn't know about it, you put all the staff's names into... A hat into, into a, a bucket, a bucket, and then you ask the audience to give you money, a, d- a dollar each, and people started handing you fives and tens and twenties.
0: Yeah, I just until you had money. a fistful of money, a fucking ridiculous fistful of money. <laughs> I just tell everyone, hey, if you give it one dollar, we can raise three hundred dollars for one of the wait staff, and and we'll raffle their name off, and it'll really change their life. So, I, the way it started, I was in, I was in at Distress Factory in Jersey. And it was snowing, and and the I I had a hundred dollars. I I hadn't ordered for anything for any, from anything anyone for the weekend. I hadn't ordered food because so I was on that diet, and I was and I was I was drinking, but I was get, I was getting drinks from Vinny. Was bringing me drinks, so I, but I so I hadn't tipped anyone because no one had. I never I hadn't talked to anyone. Right, it's
1: just the club owner. Yeah. bringing you the drinks. You you're not gonna give him a couple bucks.
0: But at the end of the <laughs> week, I was like, I got like an extra hundred bucks. I should have been tipping this whole week, and so I was like, I'm just gonna give it. I looked at all the staff there. I was there early to do a podcast with Kevin Brennan, and I looked at the staff, and I was like, I'll just give them 100 bucks and have them split it. And then I was like, that's only 10 bucks a person. That's kind of cheap. Like, meaning, meaning, they're like, thanks. I know I didn't do anything for you, but thanks. And then I was like, maybe I'll just raffle it off to one of them. And then I was like, oh, what I'll do is I'll just do a raffle with the audience. I bet I could do that. So I, I said it casually to the wait staff, and they are like, oh, we just all split it. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'll do a raffle, and if I'll call a name, and if they split it, then they all get, you know, maybe thirty bucks, and that's not too bad. Sure. So then I did the raffle, and I said to them as I'm doing it, I edited it out. But I go, are you guys going to split it, or is one people person keeping it? And they're like, one person's keeping it. They're like, one person's definitely keeping it. And I was like, okay. So I did it. A girl pulls it. She wins in Jersey, and I think she tells me my car has been in uh in the at the shop and i hack i couldn't i can't afford to get it out and now with this money i can get my car out and i went oh that's cool post a video of it nothing inconsequential segura calls me he's like you're a fucking dickhead he was like how dare you now now i look like the fucking mean guy comic because i'm not doing a raffle and he's like right and that's he's a like, funny take on yeah, it and so so <laughs> i i was jealous i didn't think of it so I, go, i was
1: like i would that's something i would want to
0: do so i go then i go um all right, so I tell my wife about it. My wife goes, "My wife who's a, a server is like, like, you have no idea what this could do." She's like, "You have no idea what that does to one of these kids. Like they're just kids, you know? When you were a kid, imagine getting 300 bucks. She got like think 430 bucks. She goes, "Imagine getting 430 bucks." And I was like, "Yeah. No, I'm not saying that 430 bucks doesn't but it's not a game changer." And
1: theoretically me. doing the right thing with it. You could be giving it to someone who just go out and get, buy drugs or something.
0: Yeah. And so I do the next one in San Diego <laughs> on a lark. I just go American Comedy Company. American Comedy Company. I just do one that weekend. And I do it, and it's like, no, like $3.50, and I, I, we give it to the girl who won, wins. And she says to me out at a bar that night, she goes, she's like, oh, she goes out drinking with me with a bunch of them. She's like, you have no idea. And I was like, what? She goes, I'm leaving for Canada tomorrow, and I have a trip, a vaca- my only vacation I've ever had. She's from Russia. My only vacation I've ever had with some friends. And now I can afford to do all the stuff they're doing. I couldn't afford to do it until now. Now I get to do everything on my trip. And I went, oh, shit. And then I was like, okay. So then I go <laughs> I go to like Buffalo and I do it. And the answers people are giving on stage are supposed to be are funny. They're trying to be funny on stage, which it was bothering me. But what was happening off stage is they were saying, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. And we were shopping for car seats. And now we can get the top of the line car seat. That was one of the answers. Another one was um, I have just had a baby. I get to treat myself to a a real. I've been eight months pregnant, eight months, eight month old baby. Now I get to have a mommy day where I can pamper myself. Like these answers were so good, I was like off stage. I was like, holy shit! So I go to Lexington, and I go and, and I decide to do it for all the shows in Lexington, and I. At one point, the first girl was like, I'm going to buy it, spend it on drugs. <laughs> and I actually got a little upset. I go, hey, don't – I said to the staff, I go, don't do that. I go, if you're going to do it, I go, just be real. Be real. I always do this to my daughters cause they try to be funny. I go, don't do that. Just be real. I go, just for one second, just tell us what you're going to spend it on. Be honest. So the next person was like, student loans. And everyone was like, oh, cool. That's a good one. And then uh, the next person – They'll still
1: have many thousands of dollars yeah. they need to raise still, but – yeah, this is something.
0: The next girl was like, "I rescue kittens," and so I'm gonna put it. One of the kittens is sick, and so I'm gonna, and then I do a bit afterwards, and it would it would kill. And do when that guy won, oh, <sighs> a dry eye in the house. <laughs> and that and that's when I fucking felt the hammer hanging over me, and I was like, "God damn it!" I was like, "I gotta, I do not want to be the guy that my act is. I go up, I take off my shirt, I fucking tell the machine story, and I do a raffle." And I was like, oh fuck. So then I go to the next club the next week and everyone in the audience is like, Are you doing the raffle? Are you doing the raffle? And I'm like, Oh. So now I'm like, okay. <laughs> Forty five minutes in, the wait staff's like, eyes are perked up, like, you're doing the raffle, right? And I'm like, Let's do the raffle. First chick won six hundred and eighty bucks. Now people are into it and they're fucking dudes are giving hundreds. And I'm like, uh, now I'm like, I'm I'm pulling in an extra fucking <laughs> five grand a week for these kids, and I'm like, that oh, which is cool. I don't give a fuck. And and they're like, the this, this staff is literally. We were in Seattle, and they're like, one guy won four hundred and ninety dollars. He was like, I got fucked tonight, because <laughs> people were winning seven hundred bucks, and the, the audience loves it. And then Josh Wolf called me, and he was like, I want to do your raffle. I'm going to be in Buffalo. I want to do your raffle. I'll totally give you credit, but I think. I think we we'll see I, I want to see if I can raise more money than you. Uh, and I was like, "Do it." I don't I can give two shits. It's not like my be- I mean it I mean I guess I started it, but I think
1: like a- be- I think begging the people to give more is pro- probably not great. Like it's better that they just give what they want to give yeah. instead of like being like uh, it, Josh's heart is in the right place. Yeah. But it's like but he Then posts- it's then someone's going to get a sick amount of money and it might go to somebody who is just going to spend it on nonsense.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. Um, <laughs>
1: so, what do you do? do you I don't know. do you stop I don't doing know. it, or now does every club get so excited when you're coming because that's going to happen?
0: The uh, yeah, like the best, or do is, you pick
1: like clo- do it like closing show each run or something? It,
0: you know, it's interesting. I, I mean, why well, should do it on Thursdays when I'm having a hard time moving tickets? Because <laughs> you
1: think people are would be excited to buy a ticket to come down and give you money to give to somebody?
0: They love it. Like that, but
1: they love it once they're in it. I don't know yeah. if like they'd plan ahead, like oh, I want to go the night when, uh, you know, you're going to yeah. get some cynics that that say oh, that's a big chunk of time where he's not even telling jokes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I've got you that. know. They're like, hey man, like well, they should just put it onto our ticket price, and then just I'll do it. I don't mind doing it, but like it's like.
1: But you're so fun and funny while it's yeah. happening that they should. You know that you know. The, I'm sure that most of the audience has a good time, but there's going to be somebody that like points that out. It people, was the people one, love to point those things out.
0: The one once that video went online, everyone saw it, and then in Seattle, everyone. I mean, they were giving so much fucking money. Dudes were coming up with hundreds. Everyone was giving twenties, and I was like, "Holy shit!" But I did notice that the amount of people giving, like the people in the back, when I did it the first time. People were walking up, like they're. I noticed in Seattle, people in the back were like, "Man, he doesn't see us. We're good. Don't, don't worry about it." Right, but so many people in the front were giving twenties. That's why you sit in the back of church, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. T- I, I mean, the best part is when you get, and this is comics for you, is they see the different angle of that. Like I was, I, I wish I could give credit to someone. I don't know who said this. It's like it's too bad you're fucking married, man. You know how much pussy you'd get doing the fucking raffle and then the hot chick gets it and she just fucking so grateful. And I was like,
1: I don't know. I, I, I agree that your pussy ratio, like you'd get more. Action just for being a, a very nice guy,
0: and then and then I, was, <laughs>
1: I don't know if the winner is gonna want to fuck you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then and then the other one was was uh, at what point is someone gonna see that video with the black guy crying and saying I'm just a single father trying to get by and go I can fucking act I'll step this up my mom just passed away and then oh shit oh shit right but he didn't win because he said that no his name was drawn. But yeah, but someone will win and then come up and go I know how I can double this money real quick and then get emotional on stage.
1: And then people start bringing up more?
0: Yeah, because they just go, "Oh, I just lost my father."
1: Well, you know what? That's first step one. Take the element of them talking Take the element of knowing the personality that's getting the money out of it. Yeah. Draw the name, have them come up, give them the money, and then, you know, maybe even make that something that you do on your podcast as you say so and so got the money, and she's going to use it for this because yeah. you'll get the serious answer off stage. Well, that's a good idea, you know. And then it's a nice uh, people can check in with you to see, like you know.
0: Well, the thing I'm trying to do. What's right going now, on with it? Which you're probably the perfect person to talk to about this. Is I, I re- I'm my call and sick to work shows are just traditional stand up, and I would like to veer more away from that and have it be a one off live event where I'm not burning material. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I can go into cities. On like over and over and not like the way you do Doug loves movies. You can do Doug loves movies in in a venue probably. I mean, you do L.A. What? Like seven, to- 10 times a year
1: in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, way more.
0: Yeah. And, but, in this, and but
1: also that the, the, the turnout suffers a little bit because people just get jaded and they're used to me doing it a lot here, so they don't have to one that it's not a sold must out. see sort of thing. Oh, but they do there's ones that don't sell out and they're and they're only in ninety nine seat theaters and then there's empty seats. Because it's you know, I do it too often here. Yeah. You know but, but, And it used to be free. It was free for a long time. Oh really? And now people have to pay like seven bucks at one venue or ten at another and that... It, you know, in L.A., that also is kind of like a changer of, you know, there's so much free entertainment
0: here. The, the theory was, you know, I talked, I talked to um, Daniel Kellison at JASH. By the way, I producer love-
1: Producer of my new show,
0: The High Court,
1: premiering this Monday on Comedy Central. Is it premier Monday?
0: Yeah. Ju- at, at midnight
1: after at midnight.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Duh, Doug- um, Daniel Kellison is fucking awesome, yeah, he's great. I love Daniel <laughs> he does way.
1: he does the getting dug with high. he's the produ- producer behind it. He's the one that said, uh, what kind of show do you want to do on the internet?" and I said, "I just want to get high with my guests and he said, "Go for it yeah, and he's never i it's the show is exactly what I want it to be it, yeah. I do exactly what I want, and he lets it happen
0: he's i i i want I want to work with him so badly, like I meaning like we we talked about doing something together at the call and stick to work show but then it, it just turns into the fact that like that things have changed so much in this media landscape that you're like i can just do it by myself still and then i just get to keep all the money like you know and so like that's true
1: but if i didn't do getting dug with high with him we wouldn't we probably wouldn't have gotten into business with uh the comedy, comedy central. central show like it was and then we used all the bailiffs or all people that we already knew are willing to smoke weed on camera
0: that is, uh, I've t- I've told this, I've said this a million fucking times. Getting dug with high is my favorite fucking podcast. I've said this, I've said this ad nauseum. <laughs> Getting dug with high is just so brilliant. And the thing I love about it is, can this, I just
1: say something real quick? Yeah. while I'm thinking of it. Yeah, why don't you just come on it sometime and uh, you know just drink?
0: I think I'd, I'd go on and smoke. No, really? Yeah, because I'm not. You well, ready? Yeah, I feel like it's I, time. I, I got to talk to my wife, but now that it's legal, no. like we had a conversation with my. I had a conversation with my daughter the other day, and she was like, "Said S- our our place that we used to get pet food um, turned into a marijuana dispensary, here." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Georgia got heartbroken. I mean, we pulled up, and, and I and I, <laughs> I it was so funny. The four of us in the car, and Leanne goes, "My wife's so oblivious to marijuana." She's like, "Wait, what happened?" And I and I see the green cross. And I'm like, "Fuck yes!" I go, "I bet this is going to be a good one." If they can afford to buy out that place. And then Georgia goes, what is it? And my wife goes, uh, oh, it's closed. And Georgia goes, what is it? Is it a hospital? And she goes, no, honey, it's a a marijuana dispensary. And Georgia goes, like, uh, offended that they would replace pet food with drugs. Georgia's like, oh, my God, why would they do that? And Isla's sitting next to her. She goes, it's just weed, Georgia. (laughs) And I was doubled fucking over. And then Georgia said to me, she's like – she had a conversation about marijuana, about what's that mean now that it's legal, and I was like, "Look, I go, I would rather you, I would rather you growing up ex- smoke marijuana than drink because you can die from drinking. You really can die from drinking. That is the truth. I go, you cannot die from weed, but I go, I won't, don't want you smoking marijuana until you're like twenty two. I said, I want you to be your brain to be fully developed. Twenty four is it twenty well, one? Great, I gave her two but years. But she's, you know." <sighs> She's going to try it in college or whatever. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, I just think that it's uh, – with the legalization in all these states, they're seeing no spike in the numbers in young people trying it. Yeah. You know? Because it's just – that's not – as much as people like to think it being illegal is the allure, it isn't. Being high and the feeling it gives you is the allure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and also there's just plenty of people that just uh, – they just – even without trying it, they just sort of figure out that it's not for them. There's a you lot. Know? I mean, like, I, that's why I think with kids, I think if you don't, you know, obviously talking to them about it a little is good, but if you spend all your time going, don't do that, uh, then that's going to
0: push a, a child to
1: it. It's going to push think,
0: them to experimentation. To try it, yeah. yeah.
1: And then how they feel about it, it's just going to be how they feel about it. A lot of people, their first experience is bad, so it kind of makes them uh, hold off for a while. My wife.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She had a really bad experience. Actually, every time she ever smoked it, and I thought that was ridiculous. I was like, "No, this must be something else." And then I smoked with her one time, and she could not stop throwing up. And I was like, "This is not. That's not a regular reaction." Exactly. And I was like, "I." She had been drinking.
1: Good to know it. if she needs to throw up for some reason. Yeah. Take a few hits.
0: But um. But yeah. But think,
1: what were you saying about the show when I I interrupted you to say you should come on it?
0: Um. Oh the, it's the it is the uh I I I this is the wrong analogy I'm sure there's a better one <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, something like a like a red herring or a, or a or a, a canary in the mine for people who don't get what I call progressive entertainment like where we're at with podcasts and the internet and things not being polished to be uh, put into a box that can be definable by executives th- it is the one where I go you either like it and you get what's happening and moving towards the future or you don't get it and then you'll never get anything brand new ever again <laughs> That's my fucking theory like same with Rogan like people would be like I, I, people would say to me three hours and I go yeah, you don't get it I guess I guess you don't get it that is clearly part of why it's successful dude, I'm telling you right now when I do a podcast and it's an hour, I lose 150,000 listeners immediately.
1: Like just Cuz just I don't want to download that one cuz it's not going to be the right length for my commute or or,
0: or they go I guess they never I guess I didn't get along.
1: Oh, just kept it tight.
0: Oh. If they talk for a long time, it's a great conversation. If we have a conversation, like if we talk and they know it meanders, then they're like, "Ooh, like the perfect time for a podcast for me is if like like 2 hours" And everyone's like, "That's good, that's good." You're not going to lose me, and I, I'm getting off the train. I got something to listen to on the ride back. You know, it's it's like reading a book. I'm the same way. I, I like you, those getting dugs with highs. Uh, my my critique, if you want to hear it, is I would love it to go longer because I feel like people start losing their shit, and sometimes they're like, "I need to get the fuck out of here." Like you know, <laughs> I'm trying to yeah, think what I just watched. The
1: was- endurance aspect of it, yeah. the, the uh, I always. I've always kept it at 45 minutes just because if it was just audio, I think longer would be okay. But the fact that you sort of have to sit there and look at it and I like that. I just like, I just like that things have like that when you're watching it, you're not thinking uh, about how, how uh, it could go on forever. You know, like, you know, you know that it's going to be, like whatever I do, I try to make it the same length every time instead of being wildly different lengths. Yeah. Um like every Douglas movies now is about ninety minutes. And uh That's the
0: perfect time for
1: every me. getting dug with high is about fifty and so maybe an hour if we go long. The
0: question I get most at my shows lately are, do you really not listen to the games? <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah. I go. I, I listen to some if I like the guests I do, but if I go, if, if it's only like one guest that I like, or like one, I don't know the guests and they're not popping for me, I will listen to all the beginning part of the games. Like, I pass, and they're like, "Are you fucking serious?" And was, they're like, "You really?" They're like, "You know." That's when I really get excited to start listening. And I was like, "Yeah, I guess we're yeah, all different." People tastes. have
1: different. Because also they get excited because they know the answers sometimes and you're not a you are just not I don't a trivia, know any, that's not what a it trivia is. guy. I don't
0: know any of the answers. You're
1: not sitting there going, I know it. And yeah. knowing it makes people feel good.
0: Uh, but um, the one you did with Bird Cloud and Jesse May Peluso. Uh, getting Doug with High. Yeah. yeah. That was a fucking good one. I could, I, because this is what's great about that show is it it wipes off the veneer of, of television. And so I could see in Jesse May's face... That she couldn't tell if she was being put over by these two people. <laughs> and I, and and so for fucking fifteen minutes, I am I am glued to the fucking <laughs> screen watching Jesse May and Bird Cloud interact and kind of go at it. Like kind of like one up each other and you can see Bird Cloud oh, it's I fucking Those
1: ladies are funny, but they're not professional comics. Right. And, and and so and Jesse Mae is a professional comic, so it was an interesting. It was great dynamic for sure. It was
0: really great. Um, yeah, I, I think that.
1: And Jesse May also, she just has she loves weed, and she just also loves having a good time. She's so much fun. She's a bailiff on the high court. Oh yeah, and she just all to a person. Every lady bailiff we had on the show. We'd get high in the deliberation room and then we'd go out to deliver the verdict and they'd get a serious case of the giggles. They would not be able to stop laughing. Oh, that would be the Tiffany Haddish, Beth Stelling, and Jesse May all lose their shit. And it's hilarious because the people that are the litigants on the show, they're just trying to get their you know they're just trying to make their arguments and win the case, yeah. and there's, the bailiff is just laughing her ass off.
0: That's <laughs> fucking great. So wait, so for people who don't know, but I, I would, can't imagine people would not know about High Court right now that they're listening to this. But t- what's the how? How's the show breakdown? You get two people. Who, it's just like, like, like Judge Judy. Yeah,
1: but it's only one case per episode because the show's only fifteen minutes. How's it only fifteen minutes? They they're experimenting with you know kind of like you know how Adult Swim shows are fifteen minutes. Well, I like that. Uh, Comedy
0: Central. Do you know why that wants good? to do more of that kind of thing? Because when they do the marathon, I am not going anywhere. <laughs> I like that. How many commercials? We One- can only play after midnight, though. And there's the uh, yeah,
1: and there's a, a kind of a big commercial break with what they call a pod in the middle of it, where you go back to me for like ten seconds to remind everybody what they're watching. And then more commercials and then what people can call the man
0: cave. Yeah. 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 My my wife put a phone in here and I was like, why would you put a fucking phone in here? I go, why would you put a fucking house? Taos, New Mexico. What? I don't know. I think it's Tate Fletcher,
1: but is she going to answer it?
0: Hello? No. <laughs> yeah, she knows now. Um, I, I was I, I was texting back and forth with tape, but I don't think he has my phone home phone number. But he's the only guy I know that lives in Taos, or maybe lives in Al- Albuquerque. Anyway, so so fifteen minutes. How many commercials?
1: Uh, well, I just said one long break. One long break. Like the show starts with uh they uh, you know they introduce me and the litigants and what they're. You know what their case, uh, what the basics of their case is, and then I talk to both of them for a while, while the bailiff is is there, uh, you know, taking it all in, and then uh, I say I'm going to go make my decision, and then me and the bailiff leave. Commercials, come back to us in the deliberation okay. room saying yeah. it's almost time to deliberate. More commercials, then. You see a scene where we discuss the case while taking bong rips. And then I say, okay, let's go out there and tell them. Then we go back into the courtroom and I give them my verdict. And then, uh, the last thing you see in the show is like the interview, you know, uh, straight to camera interviews with the litigants about how they feel about how it went. And, uh, and then the credits roll. So it's, uh. That's great. It's uh, real compact, and then it's so it's every night Monday through Thursday at midnight, and then on Thursday they play two episodes back to back. So then it's basically like watching a half hour of it.
0: So it's every night Monday through Thursday after at midnight.
1: At midnight, because at at midnight Why is, is at eleven thirty now. A- show
0: at midnight.
1: Well, it's, it's so bizarre so that com- they moved it to eleven thirty and just kept it still call it at midnight because they, they just figure if we change it to at eleven thirty it won't make any sense plus with time zones at midnight isn't on at midnight in half the country when it was on at midnight yeah. it was half the country got it at 11
0: yeah that, that's and
1: like calgary gets it at like 1 a.m it's confusing so <laughs> um but i'm just you know i'm thrilled that at midnight moved into that eleven thirty slot and is doing well there because then they needed something at midnight yep. and they chose me and I'm on at midnight all the time the monday night I'm going to be on at midnight with two of the bailiffs and we're going to be wearing our bailiff uniforms and uh, and my robes uh so, so it's you know it'll, it'll look like an ep- sort of an episode of the high court going into the very first episode oh great yeah so it's a great great lead in and then we'll be on for like four weeks, and uh, sometime during that period of time, I guess Comedy Central is going to have to decide if have you already uh, want to make more. Yeah, we we have twenty episodes ready to go. Holy shit!
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's uh, so
1: who are Pretty exciting. The, who are all the bailiffs? Joey Coco Diaz we had to get Ron Funches. Uh, Ron was you know there was uh, there was uh, availability issues and okay. also people not knowing what it is. You know, like some of my friends, I was like, hey, you want to put on a bailiff uniform and pretend to be my bailiff in a courtroom? And they're kind of like, not really. But Todd Glass is a great (sighs) one. (laughs) That's going to be the best. Um, I already said all the girls. Lucas Brothers, um, Jeff Tate, uh, Rory Scovel, Michael Ian Black.
0: Yeah. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, but he doesn't smoke. Oh, yeah? He just sits there and watches me smoke. Um, he's the only one and I'll never let that happen again. He, he gets special treatment cause he's, I, I like him a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, Reggie Watts. That's great. This, God, this is, this is like a fun a fucking, memory game. This is a really fucking great list of comments. Brandon Wardell. Uh, Oh, branding Wardell. He's yeah. He's real nutty on it.
1: And, um, I think that's everybody. That's it's, about, it's about great. 11 different bailiffs. Oh, slink, well, slink Johnson. Who's that? He's this hilarious guy. He played he had an adult swim show called um Black Jesus. And uh he's a big smoker and he's just super funny. Oh it's fucking great. Real character. And um yeah, so all those people are spread out over the
0: uh over the first twenty. What is it which which one's and then
1: you? I think we'll be able to get more
0: <coughs> I, I mean see, now that Susan you're saying Sarandon. you're
1: willing to smoke, maybe we'll get you on there. I'll do it. Um uh, but you know, I didn't reach out to anybody who was saying no to doing getting dug with high because this is even, this is an even bigger scale yeah. version of that. You know, more people are going to see it. Um, but did Steve Byrne smoke with you when
0: he did getting dug
1: with high? No, he's the only person.
0: I mean, Doug Stanhope smoked.
1: Doug Stanhope, I said to him just like I said to you, I like him so much. I said, just come on and drink, and uh, he smoked anyway. And then yeah. told me afterwards that like, hey, I, I might smoke more
0: now because it was a very pleasant experience. I see I love. I I, I sadly I the reason I got sick was I smoked and I was getting I was getting a little sick and I smoked in London with some fans and I fucking immediately was like, "Ugh, I'm going to have a fucking chest cold from this."
1: Just out on the street? Yeah. Isn't that wild how like a lot of people offer me weed on the street in London the last time I was there, and there's like Bobbies standing just a few feet away no matter where you are. Yeah, it was, it and was really... And it's just like, it's really interesting how like, it's just not it's not a huge concern, but it's also really, it's still very illegal there. Well,
0: you know, it's so funny. Someone told me, Chris Martin is a comic. You should get him on Getting dug with High. Um, he's a very funny comic out of England who just moved here. Okay. And, um, but I said something about pot and he kind of rolled his eyes he goes you know it's so funny you guys in america are so from what i can hear are so into pot like everyone loves weed he was like in the in the uk we grow out of it at like 14 and start doing coke and that's our drug of choice and i was like really and i think it has to do with their drinking culture coke goes hand in hand with drinking like it is, it's a drug that you almost sometimes have to quit drinking if you're quitting coke because you can't do both. Because like I, I, I remember a m- ton of times um, being in L. A. and with my roommates and getting drunk, and them being like, "We need to get like just one gram to so we can keep partying." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm being healthy right now."
1: But that's uh, you know just from my experience because I'm the pot guy. Yeah. I did Douglas's movies over there at the Leicester Square Theater and then when I came out afterwards and was signing autographs uh people there were tons of people trying to pass me joints and vapor pens and stuff. Oh, so yeah. so there is a pot culture over
0: there. Oh, there's definitely <laughs> a pot culture. I think but I think Coke. I there's think even coke,
1: a guy called Def Squad something 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 on his Twitter I think I that he's about. like representing over there in I the I think UK. I met him. I know exactly yeah, who you're talking nice about. Guy, Yeah. Very nice guy and but he's he's a big pothead I think and um i think I remember him smoking with me a little bit. Have you
0: taken Doug Love's movies international much?
1: no, just uh a couple of cruise ship shows and uh, and the the one we did in london and um Canada
0: of course yeah. lots of canada shows I'd love to go to the to um Australia and do shows
1: that'd be neat i you know um I get people in Australia asking me to come all the time and um you know I appreciate it and I like it, but it's so far away you know it's It's so and and like you know you don't want to just go there for I went once for a couple of days and it was kind of a bummer to f- fly so far and only be there for two or three days were you there for work yeah I did a you know one of those um when they were doing uh you know kind of specials that were supposed to be like comedy around the world so they like flew in four or five uh uh, American comics and then mix them in, you know, doing sets in a show that's like, you know, each episode's half an hour and has th- like three comics on it, that kind of format. Yeah. And it was, uh, I met, uh, what's her name there? Uh, <laughs> now I can't think of her name. She plays Fat Amy in the Pitch Perfect movies.
0: Oh, I know. I You know, yeah, can yeah. I tell you, this is going to sound not like something I'd normally say. I find her so pretty. Like, she's pretty. She's like Adele. She's, they're both pretty.
1: You know, they're pretty. They just weigh a lot.
0: She's obviously overweight, but I, but I, and I, I get so bummed out when they call her Fat Amy in that show, because I go, I go, she doesn't.
1: Well, you know, the character calls herself that, and then yeah. says, "I say it so bitches can't, you know, say it first can't say it first. But you know, I, like I mean, her. speaking of that, you and Tom Segura with all your hashtags.
0: Oh, <laughs> best thing that ever happened in my career. <laughs> what did he get down to? He got down to two fourteen, I think. Okay, yeah, but his skin didn't bounce back. Oh, yeah, he's his he lost his tits, lost their integrity. They're fucking Whoa. like the best. As I said, <laughs> when he got to like two, they're
1: like pointing down now.
0: Yeah, yeah, like he's <laughs> he's he needs to lift weights. Like he needs he needs to give his skin like a solid up six, a six yeah. months to bounce back because we he was losing weight. I and mean, he he lost it the healthy way, but t- towards the end he was like. But he's like a legit powerlifter. Like, he loves powerlifting. Like, I'm not. I hate that shit. His dad was like a a champion powerlifter, builder.
1: I've heard plenty of people that know what they're talking about say that you can't really lose weight and be in perfect shape without uh, uh, weightlifting as part of the program. Or at least something that's similar like push-ups or just something that's the kind of strain that I just don't enjoy participating in anymore. You don't but you used to
0: work out, right?
1: Yeah, I used to have uh, uh I had like a succession of trainers like whenever for some reason a trainer wasn't working out anymore, I'd get a new one and I'd always get the cutest girl trainers I could get cuz that's the only person I could tolerate having to go meet and then be Yelled at by yeah you know like just the fact that it was a pretty girl and like one of the girls that uh, was so pretty that was my trainer I was at the same gym with Kevin Nealon and for years every time I'd see Kevin Nealon in any environment he'd go Hey what's going on with that trainer of yours What's up (laughs) with that hot trainer (laughs) He was really fascinated by it and uh uh you know in a funny way he was being silly he wasn't being like sexist or anything but uh but he was um. Yeah, he was there for that. And Brian Posehn used her for a while. I got her to use him. Really? And they did a sketch on SNL the other night of uh, uh, like a gym class and a kid's doing sit-ups and Alec Baldwin is his, uh, is the gym teacher and he's holding his feet while he's doing sit-ups. And on every sit-up, he blasts a fart <laughs> every single time. He's just like... Pff, 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 pff. And, uh, and the joke is, is Alec Baldwin acts like... Acts like nothing's happening, like he's not noticing it, and the all the all the rest of the kids in class are all like, you know, just mortified yeah. that it's happening. And that's pretty much the whole sketch. You know, at the end of it, Alec Baldwin goes, "Hey, I noticed you uh, tooted a little bit there, but I don't think anyone else noticed." <laughs> and that's the end of the sketch. You know, is it was at t- ten to one a.m. Yeah. sketch? You know, but. Uh, it reminded me of Brian and I both uh, had moments where we farted in that hot trainer's face. Oh, really? Yeah, we I would we pay. shared this story. You know, like doesn't it suck when you you know blast one out while while she's holding your feet?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would pay money. Like people live stream. It seems like over the top now. Like they just go into Periscope or to um, like you use Periscope. I use Periscope. I use Facebook Live too. So many. So much of it's so boring. I would pay fucking money. To some for someone to live stream Brian Hussein with a trainer and just be a fly on the wall because <laughs> I can't imagine I can I can't guess I can guess what he's wearing you know <laughs> like it's so funny I got to a conversation it. didn't about, last very long I, I got into a conversation about think... Brian Hussein at school today really yeah some guy came up to me and was like uh um my buddy Scott <laughs> <clears throat> he was like uh he's like you know uh you know Brian Hussein and I was like, yeah, like it's like it's such a weird name to hear. Like, yeah. But I, and by the way, I know Brian, but I don't know. Like, if I saw him, we'd bo- probably both say hi at the airport, but we may may not hang out and talk. Like, I don't know him that well. I knew his wife fairly well. He's like you know,
1: he's a little on the quiet side. Yeah, he was you know, especially when he wasn't you know as famous as he is now. He was my is friend. he famous right He was my f- oh yeah really yeah, he does quite well for himself yeah. What's for on what? What do you mean? Like just, just, a- just being a stand-up who writes I mean, co- comic books and is super into metal and weed oh, really? and and Man, there, I've
0: always known he's is been is famous. In, does tons he-
1: of TV's, you know? Yeah,
0: I've known he's been. I mean, I've known he's They famous. did a new
1: Mister Show thing that was on Netflix, and he uh, he starred in a movie called Uncle Nick that was about a you know a, a creepy dude. Take takes place around the holidays. And oh, I uh, think I saw the trailer for Uncle. Nick. Yeah, Drake. he's always out. He's always out there doing stuff. And, He's always uh, working, and he yeah, and he does lots of uh, headlining gigs and kills it. People saying, people he, love him. He's got you know he makes tons of albums and specials. He he does Netflix specials. Really? Yeah. What, I gotta watch what one, one. of Netflix them was called specials? <laughs> one of the specials was called the F- the fartest. <laughs> and the and the cover was a parody of that that black and that uh, movie The Artist. Oh really? Yeah it was it looked like it
0: you know. I, uh, that, I think yeah I didn't mean that as a slight to him but I didn't but No I, no I know but I also know you... you
1: can't pay attention to everything yeah. that's going on with everybody but like uh, Patton Oswalt is you know he he and Brian are super tight and I'm friends with both of them and uh, Patton's just like everywhere I turn lately he's doing something and, and uh I'm just a huge fan of that guy. He was on the, um, he hosted the writer's guild awards and he was, you know, doing his Trump jokes at the beginning. And James Woods, the great actor, who's also got a massive, very dick. Republican. He's got a big dick too. Oh, I'd imagine. Cause he's got a lot of balls, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a ballsy dude. Because Patton's, like, doing his Trump jokes and uh, fucking uh, James Woods, like, jumps up on stage and uh, reaches down and pulls one of Patton's shoes off and goes, hey, this is a formal event. Why are you wearing these shitty shoes? And Patton's like, they're comfortable. And then they go back and forth. Some people think it was staged. Are you fucking kidding me? You got to watch the clip. It's great. It's so good. Are you serious? Yeah. And then – but then they joke around and then Patton – Wins the joke off, like of Patton course. says hilarious things off yeah. the cuff, and then James Woods sits back down, and then James Woods starts tweeting about how great and hilarious Patton is, even though politically they could not be further apart. Shut up. Yeah, it was great.
0: I just watched Patton's special um, the other day. The, most the latest ones. one. Yeah, the latest Which one. Which, you know, I haven't watched that it's one yet. Because,
1: yeah, I don't know if I, I would be an emotional rector in that one, because I knew his wife. Yeah and uh that whole thing sucked um, yeah yeah and that the internet could be mean to somebody whose wife just suddenly died is really uh, uh saddening
0: yeah i would like to say <laughs> that I, I would like to say that in if leanne passed that i probably wouldn't be on twitter but i think that that's probably where i'd end up
1: well Patton's always been kind of an advocate for taking big breaks from Twitter because and now especially with how things are like he's uh you know he's tw- tweeting about Trump you know pretty incessantly and uh which I you know I go back and forth on you know I, I like the idea of comedians kind of laying off of that a little bit just so that people can have somewhere to go to just have a laugh and not think about it, but then also it just also seems very important. So I got. I, I, I. Trump never gets mentioned on the high court. By the way, you could come watch that, and yeah. it's it's very. It's just all about the, the
0: cases. It's funny. I, I get. Um, I get. I I I fluctuate back and forth with my feelings on, um, on comics, talking so much about the about, um, Trump because for instance someone like Patton, I. I have no problem with seeing if he tweeted oh, from now on just about Trump, I've no problem. Same with Judd. Same with like
1: Well Patton and, and to a certain extent Judd. I mean Judd's really uh into going after him and to, like he, he so, have so it's to not, not always Trump jokes it, yeah. with Judd. Yeah. Sometimes it is. But Patton generally finds a way to make it funny each time. Well he you know, it's
0: not just, you know, he wrote that article, I think. For, Saying I don't know, things for, are bad for someone about after his wife passed about being a single father, and it was fucking. I was like, I was like, dude, it's like when uh, when you have a kid, and then someone tells you, like Rich Voss is a guy that oddly enough, right right before I had a kid, would talk to me about being a dad. And just in a moment, we're doing a college together and we're going <laughs> to the bathroom. And then he t- on the walk to the bathroom, in the bathroom, on the walk back and in the green room. He gave me a conversation about being a dad. And it, and it was an interesting insight, an interesting angle for what I was about to experience. And then I read that article Patton wrote and it moved me because I thought, oh, I can envision that change in my life. I can envision that that's something that's real. And I and it fucking flipped me out. And I I think I tweeted about it. And then he wrote back. He was like, uh, "Hey, it was very sweet of you." I said, "I think I said something in it." Yeah. And then he was like, uh, "I just went back and listened to that Doug Loves movies we did together, and it was." And he goes, "And I just I can't tell you how or uh, something nice. He said something yeah. nice. Whatever he said, I don't know what it now, was.
1: No, one of the first things he told me after after she died was that he listening to Doug Loves movies is one of the things he does to to to, to cheer up." Yeah. And I was just like, wow! That is like, so glad to be there, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I was saying, I, have, I fluctuate. Like I love Nikki Glaser. I love Nikki Glaser. I've, i I've, I've, i not. I mean, but you know, in like a little sister way, cause she's a lot younger than me, and uh, and I love that. I love that conversation she did with Maron about eating disorders for WTF, and I mean just everything about her. And the, but she's been tweeting so incessantly about Trump. That I I was like, and then I was like, it's not my fucking. That she's allowed <laughs> to do whatever the fuck she wants. I'm sure yeah. she gets exhausted going. Bird, enough about the guy the machine. Like, I love you. <laughs> you're a great comic. Talk about something else, like, or you know, enough about drinking Tito's on a plane, or enough about your weight loss. Fucking, you're great, but fuck it. And I was like, but you're
1: already saying a bunch of different things that you talk about yeah. while saying, you know, that someone could get sick of it. You are talking about a bunch of different things, but. I mean, I follow four hundred twenty people, like as a gag, yeah, and also as a. I don't get people that follow thousands of people. You might as well just open up the feed and just read
0: anybody's. You know what I mean? That is because I (laughs) follow a lot of people, and I and I sometimes I go, who the fuck am I following?
1: Yeah, so I use that as a you know I want to keep it at four twenty. So if I add somebody, I really got to go through and find somebody to drop.
0: I followed Milo. And it makes me reassess things. You know, I followed Milo before he got kicked off Twitter. Like because I heard he got kicked off Twitter. Oh yeah, he got kicked off Twitter. For what? Uh, The Leslie Jones attack. Oh well, that was bad. Yeah, but now he's getting kicked
1: out of everything because of being on Bill Maher. Was it was it on being on Bill Maher? Well, it wasn't anything really that he said specifically on Bill Maher, but it was just that as soon as he was on Bill Maher, it made people angry that Bill Maher had like a civilized conversation with a guy that they think is just evil, and so they. People posted uh, tons of footage of him saying that it's okay uh, to molest- to have sex with 13-year-old boys. He said that somewhere. And uh, so then – and it's funny. Somebody pointed out that with Leslie Jones, he was being extremely sexist and racist. But as soon as he brings up a little boy being molested, then all the white men suddenly go, okay, we got to get rid of this guy because then the GOP – canceled him from speaking at CPAC and they can't... And, you know, just all these things. Breitbart, he got let go from Breitbart and he... Um, there was one other thing that uh, he was going to... Oh, his book deal. He lost his book, deal. Lost his book deal. Or they're not going to put out the book. I, I bet somebody will, maybe. Someone's picking up but, the book. But Simon & Schuster's not doing it. But these are all... So Simon and Schuster most of and was
0: a bad person already.
1: Well, that's what I mean. Most of these decisions were made by white people who the, the last straw for a white man is is doing something to a boy. Because it's... A boy. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's a girl as much. You know? That's an interesting insight. That's what people are saying. I don't know.
0: Uh, But... uh, (laughs) The sad sad part is, I've listened to him a lot on Rogan, and he brings up points I totally fucking agree with. Probably 45% of the time, I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, what is that fucking... How come we're ignoring that? And then some things I'm just like... I'm like... But then I never take anyone... Like, I... Like, I never sit and go, oh, this is my guy. Like, I found a guy, um, Sam Harris. You know who he is? Yeah. Sam Harris, I heard him on Bill Maher. Oddly enough, I heard him on Bill Maher, and he's talking about liberals' views of Muslims and how their liberals are so – have Islamophobia in front of uh, Sharia law, like meaning you can't you can't criticize Sharia law because you're Islamophobic. And but Sharia law is fucking asinine. I mean in my opinion. It's asinine to stone women and kill gays. That's me. Yeah. Oh, that I'm stuff's liberal. terrible. Yeah. But Islam. but criticizing Sharia law makes you Islamophobic, so then you get people you know, and, and I think in this conversation they were saying, like Lena Dunham and Amy Schumer, and I'm like and I'm like, Hold on they believe i was like there's no way amy Schumer believes you can stone fucking women for adultery like that's no way but then you get so confused and then you're like wait and then you then you're like wait do I She do doesn't i doesn't i mean that's no, the she doesn't. That's
1: part of the big argument It's just that uh the uh, muslims in islam are being painted with such a, a wide brush by, it really is being painted. by some people and it's just like you know, as as a, a a liberal or a progressive, you you just want equal rights for everybody. You know? I want everyone to be happy. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's my fucking that's a problem. Good, that's a good way to go. It's the reason I got into comedy, it's like when it, someone doesn't like me, I'm like, ah, oh, I, I fucked up. Like I remember I told a joke and this woman said it was racist. It wasn't racist at all. She just misunderstood it, and she like was going to protest. She wanted to form a protest. No one got behind her because the joke's kind of funny. And so everyone's like, <laughs> I was like, ah, I get it. And but I remember. I remember being like, can I get her number to call her to let her know that I'm not a bad person? Like, And I remember Doc was at the funny bone, and he was like, why do you give a fuck? And I was like, that's what's wrong with me. That's the problem. That's what's wrong with me, is I fucking really give a fuck.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's one thing I admire about Joe Rogan, is it just feels like anyone could say anything to him, and he would just write it off as, I don't care about that person. Uh, Their opinion doesn't matter.
0: He really does not give a fuck. Yeah. Like, to the point where, like... Yeah, like that's, it's that like, uh, uh. yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck them. Ro- uh, uh, fucking I don't, Joey Diaz I don't like that. Them. Joey Diaz can yeah. like fuck write someone off hard and quick as fuck.
1: <laughs> he gets so, he takes so many bong rips when he's the bailiff. Oh, you see. And his bailiff costume's like kind of falling off, you know, because it, it, it's great. It's He's so good, and it's... I love the whole thing, but I had some. I had a couple things I wanted to talk to you about, also. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I got into the thing about the the uh, the raffle. The raffle. So where 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 are you at with that? What do you think is going to happen next? I don't Where's, know. Where you go this weekend?
0: I'm in uh, San Antonio. San Antonio, then. LOL. LOL Comedy Cup. Have you been there?
1: Yeah, it's. The people that come out to the shows are nice. The people that run the club are nice, but they put it in a fucking bar, and the ceiling is, like, really high. Are you and, serious? Yeah. And it's just like, why Why make it like that? Comedy clubs need low ceilings.
0: Felipe Esparza is there this weekend, too. And, like, an idiot. I, like, not an idiot, but, like, I like Felipe. So I he's just, at the other club in town? Yeah, he's in the improv. And so I just was like, hey, guys, we're both doing shows. I think they're owned by the same people. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was like, we're both doing shows. I don't give a fuck. Like right. go, Felipe's there too yeah. just giving you a heads up if you want to come see me go see him also and if you just want to go see him because you've seen me yeah, you haven't seen me at all if you're in, living in San Antonio but I go go, go see Felipe also But I, and then I was like what, if I, what am I what, 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 like, what part what is wrong with me that I just that I'm spending time on my podcast promoting Felipe <laughs> you know he's a good dude he's a great guy he's a great fucking guy <laughs> but I'm like I'm like I'm so fucking but yeah um, I'm gonna let I'm going to see if the waitstaff asks for it, if the audience kind right, of – Right, because you
1: might play some clubs where it just really hasn't gotten to them somehow yeah. because why is the waitstaff going to be scouring YouTube for clips of comedians doing things or whatever?
0: I, yeah, I'd imagine if the waitstaff knows about it, then I'll – It'll come up. It'll come up. And they're like, are you going to do the raffle? And at that point, I go, well, it might c-. even be audience members ask for it too. That was the, that was in Seattle. The audience was like, raffle, raffle. And I was like, okay, oh. I'll do the raffle yeah so I don't oh, know.
1: here's a fun idea, what if you're tired of telling the machine story, yeah, what do you guys want the machine story or a raffle <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then they get to pick and then you do it,
0: yeah, my big thing now is I'm like I my two, this is what i I, I definitely want to talk to you about not to change subjects, but I want to change oh we talked about that change the call and six to work shows more into live events but and then and then and but and the raffle I think could fit into that, like do things like that that are fun, and
1: no that is a good idea that 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 just because the call and stick to work thing are you trying to get to a point where like any time you go to a club for a weekend you do that on you do that show on Friday,
0: hmm, no why because I, I yes okay because right now it's cannibalizing the weekend
1: right but what kind of deal do you have.
0: Uh, or Should we talk
1: about this off, mic? No, we
0: can talk about it on, mic.
1: Like, are you getting a door deal, or are yeah, you getting a, a flat rate for the weekend?
0: Probably just below, probably below what you get for Doug Loves Movies, but good enough. I
1: mean, and, but but at the end of the weekend, if there's X number of empty seats, that represents money out of your pocket because yes. if they'd have been full, you would have made more money. Yes. So, but but the the those people that come to the call and stick for work show probably would have come to another show at the weekend. So you're not really, they're just still just coming to one show. Yes. So the physical bodies you're getting probably doesn't get affected by it that much. It just feels like it does because there's empty seats in at night when you're maybe used to it being more full all the time because they went, some of them went to the call sick for work show.
0: No, the opposite. I think that what happens is the night shows all, um, all sell well. And then it's, I mean, I've only done it once with the weekend and it was in Philly and in my opinion it was light and it just it was like 140 people and I was like uh like to get drunk in the morning for 140
1: people. <laughs> That's true, but but weren't those 140 people pretty into it?
0: They were definitely into it, but
1: And you could make could the call in sick thing could that just be its own podcast where you record that and put it out?
0: So right now we're in negotiation with uh to do the do a live and and daniel kellison um and i talked about this about somewhat doing uh, the calling sick to work show um live he wanted to do it at jash and i and i was like i want to do a live i want to do it it'd be
1: fun to be live on the internet because then people could be watching it at work
0: that's what you I,
1: know I, I, it's sort of playing along with the idea of it when they're not in the town where you're doing it.
0: That's what I said I, when we've been pitching this calling sick to work sick to work show is different entities, different ideas to different networks and different people and Daniel was one of the ones that said, "You know, I got this idea of calling sick to work, and he was like, "I think it should be like getting dug with high." And you come and do I mean maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but I, I think he's, <laughs> But he's like, But you do it at like there's a hotel right by Jash. And he's like, We'll get the hotel and we'll fucking set up a, it'll be really cool and you can just get d- drunk with a couple celebrities in the morning. Like do it at eight AM and I was like But he's talking about not doing it with an audience. Not doing it with audience and I was like I was like the thing that is really cool about the Colonel Sick to Work Show is that is that dis- aside from the one that I did in um in philly where it was like 140 they've all sold out and and like some of them in record time like the one in dc that's coming up it sold out in one minute like the, <laughs> they, they were like this isn't cool the improv needs to change their online waiting st- status because i was waiting and i still didn't get a fucking ticket and so
1: but that's not it's not a very big room it's not a very big room but, but but
0: but th- for that energy that energy, you go into a room, and it is it is people that feel like they're lucky to be there. Yeah. And so it's an event, and everyone's fucking hammered. And everyone's – I mean, it's just chaos. It's legit <laughs> chaos. And I love that. Doing the one the next week in Columbus, doing St. Patty's Day at the Funny Bone, it'll sell out. I don't know if it's sold out yet. It might. But it's fucking St. Patty's Day, and they're going to – it's fucking chaos. And yeah. I love that energy. My problem is I do that. I do that one show, and then there's like 400 people. I'm guessing in Columbus that when I go back, I'm doing the same material because it's. I you know I don't write prolifically. Where I'm when I'm going to Columbus in October, I'm going to have that much. I'm going to still work on that hour, so I want to make it into a. You know, we've been talking with someone else about doing it as a live show, but then, I, and then, even, but even still, in the conversation, it turns into the fact that I go, or I could just do it myself and just put. Like the way you do, Doug loves movies. Get some fuck. Get another guy up there with me. Get two other guys up there with me. And I mean, not. To, I don't think I do a game show, but fuck around and get drunk and do drinking games, or like, or I could just like, or I could do like, I could make myself and do like a PT Barnum type thing. I'm trying to think of where it could go so that I could make a live event and and stream it live, or at least record it and put it out as a podcast. Because for me. Right now, there's not a lot of people that are going to be able to compete with podcasting money. That's just there's not. I mean, that's not possible. Like, there's too much money to be made in podcasting, especially if you have a good product where your numbers really jump to. Like, you know that. Like, there's no like like Clear Channel couldn't get get you to do Doug Loves Movies. They could not pay you enough. They could not afford you. I'm you think? Sorry. I know. You, I know they can't. Hmm. I know what they'd pay.
1: But where would? What do you mean, Clear Channel? Like, just a, on a local radio station?
0: No, like, the only way they could do it, like, the, meaning, like, I, I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying this right, but like, if they gave you a syndication for it, yeah. first of all, they'd they'd have to give you a syndication, give you to a like hundred markets, to, in order to make your money. Where you'd go, that's worth it. And but then they'd edit it. They'd edit it where you can't curse. Right, of course. Yeah, if it's it's,
1: yeah, if it's like terrestrial radio or whatever, yeah,
0: Um, it would be it would be so complicated that at one point you just go, I give up, fuck it, I'm not doing it with you.
1: But somebody could make you know make a okay money with a podcast or a radio show, like uh, if it was regular, like
0: on satellite or something. Satellite's the only true option, but even still, it's like I can't, like if if they came to you.
1: I did a Douglas movies in the fishbowl at Sirius XM and, uh, it was super fun and, yeah. uh, you know, it exposed it to a, a, you know, uh, maybe a different audience. So, is that- Cause I think most people listening to Sirius XM are in a vehicle of some kind.
0: I listened to it on my phone. But you know what I mean? Uh, like, usually I'm in, my, I'm in my car when I listen to I'm just to
1: saying radio. the idea of satellite radio isn't like, oh, I've got it set up in the living room and we sit and listen to it. It's yeah. it's like these people are working or they're driving or, you know, truck drivers, uh, probably most of them have satellite radio. Rental cars are now across the board having satellite oh, radio. Oh,
0: That's my favorite thing about I do a too. rental car. I,
1: if a rental car doesn't have satellite radio, I go, give, give me another one. <laughs> Dude, I. You know, I go to the lane where you can just pick one. I find one that has satellite radio. I've been doing. And they forget to resubscribe sometimes. the car supposedly has it, yeah, and it'll just go preview channel and that's the only channel you can get because they didn't re-up the subscription.
0: I do I've been doing Sirius XM for fucking ever. I mean I love I've been a listener forever. I've been doing it for as long as they've had me on. I mean, I remember doing National Lampoon radio and then and and I just did Ellis yesterday. I do Opie and Jim and Sam. Well, speaking
1: of Sirius and Ellis, yeah. uh, Mike Tully. Yeah, I wanted to talk about him. Okay, because I heard them talking about how you—he's uh, dipping his toe into doing stand-up—and yeah. that you've given let him open for you. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah, another—it's another awesome thing about you. Because he is great, uh, but you know, he—it'd he, it, just take too long and be too frustrating if he just has to go to a, a shitty L.A. open mics.
0: We talked about that yesterday on on on. <laughs> So get
1: so like you going hey do a few minutes at the Irvine Improv yeah which is I'm guessing one of the places he did yeah and uh, uh, is such a great you know because he is a funny guy and he'll he'll figure it out
0: he's very funny and he's and he's he's dialed in for it like he like it's the way he thinks is great is is great stand up he just needs the he needs enough chops so that he gets and he's pretty comfortable on stage but just to get his writing to the place where. He, it's yeah, his, his voice is popping on stage.
1: But it's just a different way to like, you know, to have friends that are successful comedians that can help, and then also to be, you know, uh, I'd imagine at any show I did, if I go, "Hey, Jason Ellis's sidekick is going to come out here and do a set," there'd be plenty of people in the audience that are excited because I do the course. Jason Ellis show all the time. Yeah, and I'm doing uh, Tully's uh, show this afternoon. The
0: podcast? Yeah that's fantastic yeah i I did their show yesterday we ended up talking about my dad the entire time but uh but yeah and and ellis is getting on stage and doing stand-up because he's working yeah i heard him
1: say he's trying it too
0: yeah he's uh it's you know i i don't know i believe in that like i believe you have a real direct interest in comedy like and i do this to people at on the road when i when a guy's like man i want to be a comic i go come here let me introduce you to the manager this is the manager. I said, you need. Can you tell him how to get him on stage? He needs an open mic or anything, or I'll open introduce him to the local comic. Because I, I mean, if so so often. I remember when I wanted to get in comedy and I was in Tallahassee and we went to whatever club was in Tallahassee, you know, Hyatt. I remember going up to this guy. I want to say it was Heath um, Heath Heisch. Heisch? I want to say that's who it was. Okay. Um, I don't really know him, but go I ahead. don't know him either. No, of him. And I and I don't and. Uh, I asked Does he
1: come off bad in this story?
0: Yeah, I wish I hadn't said his name. He didn't have to be anybody. <laughs> was he like,
1: How do you get in comedy? Oh, you have bigger tits or whatever. Yeah, he was
0: like, <laughs> it was I, I wanna say it was him only because I remember seeing a picture of him and going, That's the guy I saw when I first started. Seeing a picture of him in a, as a headshot. Yeah. But I asked whoever it was, may, it's not Heathayush, <laughs> let's just say that. <laughs> I asked him how I get into comedy and he uh was he basically said, yeah, it's not gonna happen for you. Oh. And I was like, and I remember being like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, you know, that's how you feel about life. You're like, that makes sense. I do live in Tallahassee. What was I thinking? So, was I thinking he was going to give me a direction to go in? No, you're right. So like whatever. And there are people. Like, that
1: scene in Pete's first episode where Greer Barnes is so mean to him after he has a bad set. I'm like, it's so I'm like who does that?
0: It's not Greer. Greer is so nice. Oh, you know. And Greer is like, that's the cra- only part of that note I had that's great, that pilot, as I go, Greer's the exact opposite. Like, yeah. Greer will lead you on and be like, yeah, you're great, man. You're great. You got a cigarette? And you're like. But, like, yeah. uh, that's the funniest line in the
1: first episode when Artie Lang says, Greer Barnes, don't listen to him. It's like somebody power washed Don Cheadle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but,
1: but anyway, yeah, so uh, I, I, when I saw that on the show, I was like, well, that's a good scene in the show because he did a good job of being mean to Pete. But I was also just – get that. I was also like, I would never talk to somebody that just – some kid that just bombed and clearly wants to do it. I wouldn't be like, get out. Yeah. you know. I, and I don't know any comedians that would. I don't know many that would be as helpful as you are. Like you're I'm very not. nice about it. My thing is tough love, which is – most comics I know you you just you have to befriend other comics and work your way through that way, yeah, but they have to be kind of it you know you can't just go to somebody who's a successful comic and go, "How can you help me?" I haven't That's done anything yet. How do I do this and it's like nobody told me how to do it, I just had to figure it out, yeah, you know, and then I became friends with the other comics, you know like. Judd Apatow and, and, uh, you know, some others that, uh, I started out with are, you know, are still around. And then you, you know, you know how it works. <laughs> I don't have to explain it to you. No, but-, but it's, you know, it's definitely a kind of a combination of networking, figuring it out, doing the time, having to get up at shitty shows. Yeah. You know? And, uh, there's, there's just unfortunately no short- shortcuts. And the one single piece of advice I give people is when they go, "How do I become a comic?" I go, "Just become a comic." Yeah, just do it. Especially now that you can just put your shit on the internet oh. with nobody's nobody has to like it, nobody has to approve it, nobody oh. has to give you notes on it. The guy you could just on- put your shit
0: out there. There's YouTube stars, dude, that just did it. The guy that was on, um, Marin yesterday, Trey Crowder. Yeah, I had him on my podcast. He's doing a, a, the well-read comedy tour. It's, uh, he's, first of all, he's very funny. And I feel like he's dialed in and he gets it. Like, a lot of people don't get it, really. I think he gets it. Been doing comedy six and a half years. He's on Marin yesterday. Like, there are comics that have been doing it 30 years that have never been on Marin. Like, you know... He gets around to a lot of them. He, he does get around to a lot of he them. He has to have one or two guests every week. And so he, uh... He's been doing comedy six years. He puts out a video. It goes viral. And now he's doing a tour. He's got a deal at Warner Brothers. He's got a book deal. A book came out. And he, and the point is, he just did it. He just started doing it. He was like, I'm doing open mics. I'm going to fucking put just, out a video. It's a
1: self-starter profession. You're you're always going to be up there alone until yeah. you figure out, like I did, that I could do a podcast and have
0: people that are I'm so jealous funnier that. than me on at the same time. I was at the Wilbur and I was <laughs> backstage and I just thought to myself, I thought, this is a little sad of a thought to be doing a show at the Wilbur but I was like I was like walking backstage I go it's just been me this whole time I was like I'm the only constant in this fucking this dialogue that's happened about this life I go it's just me I'm o-. once again I'm here at the Wilbur it's sold out and I got no one to celebrate cuz it's just me it's just Wait, you don't have an opening act? I don't know him.
1: What who hired the opening act?
0: Uh someone Okay, I just, you should get, more, another, you should get more involved. This is a, that's Why thing aren't that's, you bringing a buddy these that's days? A, that's one of the things that's wrong with me.
1: Is <laughs> I, I especially a buddy who get a second microphone and have a second voice making jokes during the raffle thing to make it more entertaining for the audience, so they're not just sitting there sitting there waiting through this process. It would be
0: a bad idea. I'm going with a girl. <laughs> I'm going with a girl this weekend. Taylor Tomlinson. She's so funny. Yeah, yeah, but that's she's good. She, does, she I'm gonna try to do a. She never. I talked to you about her. I talked to you about her. She's never smoked pot or drank. Oh, yeah. And she wants to try both. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of people that, I mean. I'm going to get her drunk for the first time this weekend. Okay. I'm going to see if she likes it. I
1: I don't think she should come get high for the first time on
0: my show. Yeah. I think that's a bad idea. With Todd Glass? (laughs) (laughs) But I used to believe that. You don't bring an opening act because you want to help out the local comedy scene and give...
1: Well, so find a local that you like.
0: And I know, but I mean, every city I go to is like a brand new opening act. But then I got to a place where I was just like, oh, I ran into a couple real shit ones. And I was like, I forgot about this. Like, I forgot how bad it can be. Like, just where you're like, oh, I can't even speak to you. I don't... Like, There's we have nothing in common. Like, oh...
1: That's why I go out first and introduce the opener in my shows because I want the audience to not think it's just somebody that was just tacked on that has that has no kind of
0: connection to me. You want you want a thematic like, hey, this is
1: this it, is. I guy. like this.
0: You'll like this. Yeah. I'll see you in a few minutes. Is what I say without saying it. I know? tried. I t- I'm working with a couple people, like you know Shane Torres. Mm-mm. Are you serious? He good. You. Oh my god. <laughs> You you would love him, love him. Where is he out of New here? New York. Oh, he's out in New York, dude. From Seattle, Portland, I think. Started in Portland. Uh, probably grew up in Texas. I'm only saying that because he's Mexican. But he's just imagine like oh, that's about it. He kind of reminds me of Patton a tad bit, only because he's the body style. But he's got long like hair to his middle of his back. I might you know if I saw him, I might you know realize who you're talking about. He's he's great because he's also not only is he amazingly funny, like amazingly funny, but he's uh dialed into shit I don't know about. So like uh there's a podcast. God damn it, I wish I remember the name of the podcast. I want to promote it because it's it really is a good podcast. Um I'll pull it up in a second. Uh he told me about this podcast and he's like you'll fucking love it. And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, especially if you're a podcast fan." Um Which you are, as comics go, I think you listen to more podcasts than uh, than most. Oh, um, I know, my podcast list is pretty aggressive.
1: aggressive. But then you, but then you, you know, you, you also speak out about the
0: what you like and all fantasy everything, good. all fantasy everything. Have you and heard? What of it? is
1: it? What's the premise of the podcast?
0: Um, I wish it had like the. So I, I, I think the guys. I don't know the name of the fucking host. All fantasy everything. The I know the name of the host. I've heard it, but I, I don't. He him and his friends do a fantasy draft for shitty things. <laughs> so, like, they go Taco Bell, fantasy draft. And they're like, well, my number one pick's got to be the Chalupa. Right. And they, and they break down, like, malls. What's your number one thing? And they're like, oh, black guy walking with a white chick. Oh, fantasy, that's number one. Like, what's your favorite thing in these things? Yeah. And it's really funny. They're New York comics, and they just bullshit about, like, just – The one I listened to was fucking hilarious. Like, I like I like when I find a new podcast and I'm like, I get into it. Like Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds just has me by the fucking balls right now. The dollop. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. I like uh, my favorite murder by uh, Georgia and what's her name, Karen Kilgariff, Kilgariff. who used to date Dave
1: Anthony. They used to be a couple long ago. Really? When we were all young comics. Uh, We all hung out. Really? Dave? Shut the fuck up. I did a live one with Dave and and Gareth. He's a funny fucker. I mean, I'm sure his Twitter feed is a lot of Trump these days.
0: Oh, he's... (laughs) At one point, I I tweeted something about Milo, and Dave direct messaged me privately and was like, listen, (laughs) as a friend, I can't let you say stuff like this. (laughs) And I was like, really? And he was like, he was like, listen, you got to know this. You got to know this. You got to know this. These are some facts you need to know. And I was like, okay, cool. That's good. And I was like, thank you. And he was like, of course, of course. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then Steve Easy I came up with Steve Easy's on this podcast, Hear Me This Book, where a person reads a book and then goes to him who doesn't read and tells him about the book. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I got Getting Dug With High. I got Doug Loves Movies. I got Doug Loves Minis. I got...
1: Hey, we got to put one of your dreams on there again. That was like a staple of Doug Loves Minis for a while. Oh, yeah.
0: It just stopped for some reason. I, yeah, but I go through phases where I have really, really fucking hardcore dreams, and then it stops for a little while.
1: But I was not fucking around. I honestly would just post them. I would never listen. You could have said anything you wanted. 'Cause that to me is part of the joke is just that like I'm not interested in people's dreams. Yeah. And so it's just funny to go, but here's Bert calling me with another
0: dream. (laughs) I'll do that that again. I haven't done that. I I really wouldn't
1: listen to him. I just put it on there. So like you could have been fucking with me the whole time and just saying stuff.
0: Oh no we animated them and, and gave them to comedy central comedy Central animated them put them on their snapchat and they're like it did really well it outperformed the
1: messages you left for me yeah <laughs> that's great
0: fucking unedited <laughs> yeah just fucking but yeah I love it
1: um how are we doing on time about 140. We should what are you I, 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 let's I, let's go for a two hours two hours edit we'll it too We'll edit it too is there anything else? That we wanted to talk about. When am I running into you on the road? Are you, you're doing that uh,
0: Wild West Comedy Festival in Nashville? Yeah, are you, yeah, but I'm not on the, like, I, I said it, I said it in my intro the other week, and I was like, oh, let me tell you who else is on it. And then I was like, I can't even find my name.
1: Well, they have a, re- they've released stuff?
0: No, maybe that's it. They probably they, just
1: aren't talking about it yet.
0: Jed Abatow's on it. He um, is? Yeah, Judd's on it. Um, can I tell you? Can I just tell you a little side thing about Judd that I think will never leave me for as long as I live, and it's a good thing. Yeah, obviously. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody can say something shitty that'll never leave you. No, I try not to talk <laughs> shit. And by the way, I I hope to God it didn't sound like I was talking shit about Tony Hinchcliffe saying he's not in the same class as and there's I mean you know as.
1: Right, I mean, anymore. me too. I just, I just shot I Tony. to, I, I just Tony shot to, to him Dad. as an example of someone who that's how that's has unfamous as to me Netflix comics are getting, and he's had a ton of exposure. Like a lot of people it's really know, helped him. his
0: career. I think. Well, it's been huge for yeah, him. It's yeah. It's really helped. So, yeah. Um, so I go to I go to the store, and uh, and Toss shows up, and Judd Aptel shows up, and they both bump me. This is my my. Maybe my first night doing, um, first night doing a spot at the store ever, not ever, but I've done them before. How long ago? As a paid regular, very recently. I just became a paid regular recently. Because you just
1: recently just asked, just said, "Hey, can I no, do I regular tried, spots?" I tried
0: earlier, and they always said no. But right, but when you asked recently, um, they said okay.
1: Like you, there was, a, you, you turned a corner where they're like, "Yeah, he's I big enough. Corner, we'll yes. give him spots." Yeah. Because I feel like they do that with me, but I also just don't. I just don't feel like I'm ready. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to go stand around to wait to do 10 minutes and and it's a real, you know, I mean, how long are the spots? 15? 15. Yeah. I just don't. And what you're about to say about the being bumped, I just don't. I have no patience for it. I have no patience for I'm more famous, so I'm just going to go on right now, which I've done maybe a couple of times, but always with kind of like feeling a little guilty about it.
0: I've never bumped anybody.
1: Yeah, Um, I, I am not. I'm not super into being bumpy, but I'm. I sometimes I want to go earlier than I'm scheduled.
0: I would definitely have said that to people going. But these guys, I can go up these early? guys just
1: show up. They're not on the list, but they're big, so they want to get them on, and then just put them on, and everyone else has to lump it.
0: It's so funny because uh, which
1: is good for the club that 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 really famous people go on. But like yeah. one time, I one time I was at the cellar in New York, and it was super late. My spot was like at twelve forty or something, and. Not only does Chris Rock want to go on, he goes up there with Dave Chappelle, and the two of them just sit there and have a conversation for like an hour, and there's only me and like one other comic that have to wait until they're done and yeah. go on. That's how that club works. If you say, hey, I'm out of here, I'm not going to wait, they'd just be like, well, then you're not going to get spots here.
0: Yeah, see, I would never... I Like, I would definitely... If it was that situation and I was going, it was
1: fun watching them. Oh, I, but I, I would, was sitting there going, "I gotta go on after this." Um,
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm. I don't mind getting bumped. I, I, what bothers me sometimes, and it's happened before, is I've been bumped for people to go. I have a show at the Improv, and I go, "Yeah, me too. I'm on that same show, also." Right, and they, they got to
1: get somewhere else, so they got to go earlier.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, I'm booked on that show also, and but uh, that's fine. <laughs> It doesn't matter. So, but anyway, okay,
1: tell the story you meant to tell. It doesn't
0: matter with Tosh and Apatow because, I, first of all, I'm friends with Daniel, and I've been friends with him, and I and and I understand fully that he is lives in Malibu. He's drove into Hollywood to do a set, and he's massively famous, and he's. If he wants to do a spot for me, that is the way this business works. I get that. And he, Judd, does, and he does 15 minutes. Does 15 minutes? He doesn't do an it, hour. And by the way, it's all new material. He's working on new material. Same with Judd. Judd goes up, and I go, by the way, you have you have knighthood, knighted other comics careers. Like, you have created Amy, for the most part, with that movie. You know, fucking same with Pete. Like, I believe he's a, a great – same with Lena Dunham. And, and – and, but I don't know him. I don't know him. But he he bumps me, and I'm I'm cool with that. Also, he's Judd fucking Aptell. My three of my favorite movies he he made. So I'm in the back, but I'm still getting bumped. That's still the in my head. I'm also a comic who's been on TV for seven years, and I'm like, and I'm like, goddamn it, man, Judd Aptell's like, he's just from from his perspective, he's just like. I, In my head, I'm like, he looked at the list, and he was like, who the fuck is it? Can I just go in front of this guy? No one's ever heard of this guy. In my head, I'm like, He
1: doesn't say stuff like that.
0: He doesn't. (laughs) Because as he brings me up, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this next – doesn't – by the way – He brings you up? He brings me up, yeah. Why did he – that's how the store works. They didn't works. have a host? No, the, the store works where you go and you bring the next person. Oh, I
1: didn't even, I've i never even noticed that. That's how little attention I've been paying.
0: He's like, ladies and gentlemen, this next comic has had a TV show on Travel Channel for the past few years. He, uh, You may know him as Bert the Conqueror. His show was Trip Flip. Put your hands together for Bert Kreischer. Pronounces my name right and gives my credits right. And I went, dude, for the rest of my <laughs> life, you're, you're gold standard to me. Like, because... There have been times where I bring someone up on stage there, and I don't know how to pronounce their name, or it's a different person, and I'm like, oh, my God. And
1: through your whole set, you have to remember what things they want you to hit on in the intro, yeah. which is like, and and you're, and that's to to not where your head's at.
0: I never even talked to him. I never even introduced myself, because he bumped me. He just went up and did his set. He didn't even know who was next, and he was like, and I was blown the fuck away, and I was like, dude, and I'm like, he's not that much older than me. I mean, we're... Theor- theoretically we should be you know, grown men at the same point in our lives but he, he's just in a different world that the only other person was like that was and this is another fucking guy where I was like this is not going to go well was Louis CK because I know Louis and I and I I go up stage and then I was like who's next and I think it's D'Elia and they're like uh, they're like uh, uh, they hand me a note because <laughs> they don't want to say the name out loud and I read it and I went oh this is a treat I was like, guys, this is the reason I'll be sticking around tonight and drinking vodka. This guy is one of the uh, one of my favorite stand-ups to watch, Louis C.K. And then he comes on stage, and then I get off. I'm sitting in the back because I want to watch him. And he's like, uh, "Keep it going for uh, Burt Kreischer. He's one of the, he's just so funny. He's a really funny guy and one of the sweetest guys." We uh, he's like, "Bert, are you still here?" And I'm like, "Yes." Like the greatest <laughs> fucking moment of my life. Yes. And he's like, we worked in uh, West Palm together. And I was like, yeah, we did. And he was like, "Ah, it was a fun fucking – and like talked to me about – talked about me for like two minutes. And I was like, Louie, you didn't have to do that. Like you just made my fucking day. Like I'll never forget this. I'll never fucking forget this. So like those moments for me, that's like – that's one of the coolest parts about being at the store. You know, and I'm sure there's bad ones. I heard one. I
1: like hanging out there now. I think it's a real fun hang. It's a great hang. Hang. uh you know I roast battle uh I I haven't gone to that yet but I've watched watched it on TV and, Have you done uh, Kill Tony? Oh yeah, I do Kill Tony pretty Kill Tony's fucking
0: so much fun.
1: Super fun to do. And uh yeah, so I that Kill Tony's kind of what got me back into just being at the comedy store at all. Um Because over the years, I've only done like, you know, like when somebody's booking a show that's a special show. Yeah. And they'll like, like a marijuana benefit or something or a death squad, you know, a Brian Redband show. So I've done some sets for the, or Tripoli. Yeah. Uh, I've done some sets like that at the comedy store. So I don't, I never felt like shut out by it. But it was just so funny that my very first set ever, ever was Potluck Night at the comedy store in in the original room. And, uh, I just grinded away at, you know, performing at clubs in L.A. at the improv and the comedy store. And at that time, the two clubs, if you were an established act, you had to pick one. Yeah. And I eventually got passed at the improv. Me too. And so it's just improv, improv, improv. And... Then the Comedy Store went through what I call kind of a dark period, really dark period, (laughs) where it just seemed like it might go out of business or something, and that it just wasn't fun to be there.
0: When they, when they fucking, when they booted Rogan, that's when they were like, that was the biggest mistake they could have ever made. So he was, he was told,
1: don't come back here for a while, and then they changed their mind because he's there all the time now, right?
0: Always skeptical telling any story about Rogan because I don't listen really good. So like like, I hate to put out information that's false. Right. But I will tell you how it came trickled down to me. That day that and, and this is just me and Segura. I don't even know if Segura knew Rogan at the time. But Carlos Mencia tape comes out and fucking Segura calls me. He's like have you seen this shit? And I was like no. Go to it immediately. And then he's like have you heard about the fallout? And I'm like no. And they're like they banned Rogan from the comedy store. Mitzi Carlos said, I won't perform at the comedy store if you have Joe Rogan there.
1: And they valued Carlos over
0: Joe. They val- valued I mean,
1: Joe was already pretty huge at that point.
0: But they valued Carlos over Joe because for a number of reasons. First of all, Joe's always been a fucking outlier. He's always been an independent pirate. He's got his own fucking pirate ship that he sails the direction he wants to sail it, and he doesn't give a fuck what anyone says. And I think that was the way at the store that he was. He was like, he was like, I love this place. This is my family. But you're not going to tell me what to do. Like I mean, I'm I'm a grown man. I'm a fucking, you know, I I do my own thing. Yeah and Carlos was a guy that was passed through the ranks of Mitzi. Like, Mitzi gave his, him his name, Carlos Mencia. He's yeah, like, right. in order to be on the Four Locos Tour or whatever, you need to be, you need to change your name to Carlos Mencia. By the way, someone could fact check this and destroy <laughs> this because I already know I fucked up because I don't think it was called the Four Locos Tour. What was
1: his name? Chuck Mendelssohn? No, it was uh,
0: Ned Holness. Oh, Ned. I yep. love the first name, Ned. Ned Holness. Ned. And... So <laughs> Carlos was Mindy um, was Mitzi's fucking person, and and he would get spots. He would bump people. He would go long, and never any repercussions. And Joe, and this is also coming from I did a podcast with uh, with fucking fuck. I did a podcast with uh, Eleanor Kerrigan. Yeah, and Eleanor told me a lot of this info, and like. Rogan was just like was open about him being a thief like he walked by him one time once again probably not true but there's what Eleanor told me but I probably misheard it and mistelling it but he walked by uh Carlos one time and he had a notebook with him and Rogan goes what the fuck are you doing with that (laughs) like (laughs) so then that went down that video went viral like that's what a viral video is and um and Carlos was like you got to pick one and obviously they sided with Carlos then Carlos and Rogan were at the same place <clears throat> they had the same personal appearance art uh agent. Carlos called him up. You gotta pick one. And they're like, All right, we're going with you. So Rogan, in effect, oh. within a week, loses his home club and his agent and his fucking and and at the time, um I think I am getting like early stages of dementia. because um, these names these are names of people are from friends with. <laughs> um who owns Miami and Fort Lauderdale and and uh, Batchoff? Yeah, Joel. Joel Batchoff had moved out to L.A. to learn the comedy club business better. Once again, probably not re- not a real fact, but he moved out to L.A. <laughs> and he started working at Levity and and learning the business because he wanted to open more clubs and he wanted to be it wanted to figure it out. I, I'm guessing I don't know, but Joel was like, "Fuck that!" The second that happened, the Improv puts out an offer to Rogan, like we we would love to, for you to be our home club. We would love to have you come to the improv. So Rogan, and I don't know how much at the time he was doing spots all around town, but I think at that time, Rogan's like, well, I'm not going to stop doing comedy. So he started doing the Ice House at the Improv at Ha Ha, like all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and then the
1: crowds just got kept getting better and better, and Comedy Store was definitely missing out on something. And, and then Mitzi pretty much stepped out and doesn't really have anything to do with the Comedy Store anymore.
0: Yeah, and so... And so that's and, how he sort of gradually got back in. Mitzi, no, well, no. So Mitzi was... He got back in, once again, probably not accurate, because Ari shot his hour special at the comedy store. I want to say it was like right around New Year's or something. Or once uh, one of the th- reasons? And then another reason was, and I've heard this on a podcast, but I don't know who said it, but it was like, I think it was New Year's Eve and Joe stopped by the comedy store to have a drink. But also, are you shooting a special?
1: I know. I don't know if it's coincided, but I remember at least once or more uh, Joe being the headliner on uh, New Year's Eve at the Improv. Yeah, oh, Like yeah. the like very advertised, expensive ticket. Yeah. Joe Rogan's the man. Uh, and and you know, and I didn't think much of it because by that point you could play the Improv and the store both and yeah. get away with it.
0: But then the real the real fucking I think. And and all was that, I think Joe Joe was already back in the store at the time, but Tommy got fired, and Tommy was the cancer of the store. I think he was the he was the guy that really oh, he was, was born in j- the month of July. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, yeah he's that cancer. And he was Mitzi's right hand man, but he he was also stealing money and he was wielding his power in a really. Unhealthy, unfair way to people that didn't deserve it. And yeah, I, think I don't also, really have much
1: experience
0: with that person. I did, and I and I'll tell you this much. I'll, this is how outrageous this guy was. I asked, I wanted to work at the store, and I auditioned, and uh, and I did not pass. And I said once again, I, I reached out again. I'm still, I still would like to work at the store. And he's, and he was like, I can get you a job parking cars. And I had a TV show, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not parking cars. I have a TV show. I'm a national headliner. I do 33 weeks a year, and I have a TV show. I'm not parking cars. He's like, then you're not ever working at the store. Wow. And I was like, okay. And then I wrote it off. I go, that that place is dead to me. I need that to be a, a something that is, is an end. Yeah. I'll never work there, and I get it. And it was one of these, and I've talked about this. Any one of my fans that comes up to me, they always go, one of the cool things I always say is go, hey, congrats on the store, man. Like, they know <laughs> that it was something, because it was like a, it was my big whale. Yeah. My big white whale. And then- and then when Tommy left, Adam came in. Adam is like the fucking man. Like you probably know Adam because he was he was a co-host on all of Norm's podcasts. Norm McDonald. He's in Norm's book.
1: Yeah, I mean, I he probably, worked at he worked I'd at Tempe. I've probably seen him around and stuff. Yeah, he worked at Tempe. Probably kind of a, familiar with him, and he may have even reached out to me at some point. You like, definitely hey, know Adam. Hey, if you Adam. ever want to do spots, you can come by. Like it feels like they'd give me spots. What do they pay for him now? I don't fucking know.
0: What do you mean you don't know? I'm a business manager. I'm a fucking.
1: Wait. So they just send the check to your business manager. I'm sure,
0: yeah. And you never are curious about. It's not going to be much. Thirty-five. What was it? The improv. Well, who knows serious. It, <laughs> it was seven, <laughs> it's it was seven really bucks. Really cheap. For the yeah, they could get yeah.
1: the sets get pretty cheap. I remember. In, I remember
0: Rita coming up to me at the improv one time. And she's like, "I need you to fill out a W nine or whatever," and I was like, "Rita." I'm not. <laughs> but if you headline a show there now,
1: like on the weekend, that you get, you know, you get like a door deal. Yeah, you get a door so deal. You can at the get improv. decent money.
0: Yeah, and I love the improv. I, I I I haven't worked there in a little while, but I, I love. I've always loved the improv. And like just, the
1: main room in the store on a weekend, they give you more for a set, like maybe a hundred bucks or yeah, something.
0: Yeah, right? I, I haven't worked. I haven't worked the weekend at the store in ever because you're
1: always gone. So I'm always gone. not because they won't have so you. I'm
0: always doing Jeremiah show upstairs. Um Ari's storytelling show upstairs. Where's Ari? We don't know.
1: What's the deal? He's gone. He just told people he was going or just went? Just
0: disappeared. He told Rogan, he told me and Tom.
1: That, that he used the expression, I'm going off the
0: grid? I'm off the grid. No computers. How long's it been? Um I'll tell you the exact date he left. He's um, in that movie keeping up with the
1: Joneses. I watched it on a plane. What's keeping up with Joneses? Zach Galifianakis and John Hamm. Ari's in that? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. He plays a guy that... Uh, uh, Zach is an HR guy, and Ari's a guy that doesn't get along with one of the other employees, and Zach has him do trust exercises together. Really? And then they fight. They wrestle.
0: Um, Ari's an interesting talent. In that he he's, sure is. He's all over the map. Like, he... Like he he acts he hosts he, he like he just he's kind of like an interesting it's an he's an and he eases artist. into all of it like he doesn't
1: seem driven to get any of these things they just sort of happen but are people worried or just like he left he's not doing stand up anywhere
0: uh, I got a very heartfelt ar- email from Ari on January fifth and that's the day he's leaving and it ends with um. Can you, can you please tell Duncan to keep my keys when he leaves just in case something happens to me or in case I get there where he's, when he's gone, can you please ask him to empty the mailbox before he leaves? So no, doesn't never overflow too badly. And by the world, by the way, you can both change the lyrics to that song. Honestly singing girls. They love me because I'm the overweight lover, heavy T or heavy B. But yeah, that was his January 5th. He left.
1: And so you think he just went to, like, a foreign country and he's just living inexpensively somewhere?
0: I think he's in Micronesia.
1: And, like, he had saved up for this?
0: Yeah, he'd saved up. And that's part of the reason he, I mean, people go, why did he welch on the bet? He didn't welch on the bet. In this email he explains, I had saved up so that I could disappear for six months and not worry about money and just live off this money. And he's like, and I can't, I can't afford to take 15 grand of that out of here and send you guys to Paris. But he's like, I will totally send you guys to Paris. I will totally pay for this fucking thing when I get back, but I can't do it right now.
1: And so that's the, that's the theoretically what's going to happen is he's going to reappear around June. Like he said, six months.
0: Well, we're, we're doing, I mean, he asked me if to do uh this is not happening again. And I think that's shooting in May.
1: Oh, so he'll be back May. earlier.
0: May or June, May or June. And he, so. But
1: how off the grid could he be if he's he's got to be in touch with the people to decide when they're nope. going to make more episodes? Nope.
0: They don't know. But they Dude, but they're hoping to shoot in May. Justin Edinburghs, one of my favorite people. He's an agent over at CIA. And to watch him talk about Ari is fucking hilarious. He's been Ari's agent forever and he just is like, I don't know. I can't fucking get the guy to work. Like he gets a guy to a place where he's selling theater tickets, and he just disappears and goes. I don't give a fuck. This is what life's about for me: going to Micronesia and get working my way through Asia and Europe until I come home. Like that's Ari. He's such a weird fucking person. <laughs> he came into the podcast me, him, and Steve Brown is easy, and it, it took me, Steve, and my wife to All explain right. to him what a mortgage was. And then, and then the next day, when I told him that I had uh, refinanced my house to add on, put it on an addition, not this is told to me by Justin. He reached out to Justin and he goes, "You need to get Bert work. I know you're not his agent, but Bert is underwater. He's owes more in his house than he has in the bank, and he's you need to get him work. Please, please, please help him. He's got a family." And Justin goes, Ari, it's called a mortgage. A lot of guys borrow money so they can live in a house. And Ari's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand this mortgage thing the way I do. And Justin's (laughs) like, don't worry, Bert's fine. Yeah, Ari is just fucking, like, really true. Like, he calls me up to do this, uh, I want to say he called Leanne. I think he called Leanne and said, listen, Bert. It's like a really sweet heart of a person. He goes, Bert is doing too much television. By the way, there were like four people that pulled me aside during this period. And they were like, Bert's doing too much television. He's not doing enough stand-up. He's not hanging out with his friends. He he needs to come to Calgary with me. And so Leanne's like, what what for? And he's like, I'm doing Stampede. We're going to do a show. It'll all be free. We'll pay for it. It'll all pay for itself. And Bert will walk away with some money. And Leanne's like, that does sound like a good idea. He's like, a guy's weekend. So Leanne says to me, I think you should go to Calgary. And I'm like, are you serious? And then Ari fucking, we go to Calgary, and we have a fucking blast. We fucking partied so hard, and then he threw, he got way too drunk. He is not someone that should be drinking ever. Got way too drunk, threw up all over the place. We lost his body. We couldn't find him for like 24 hours. And then he just shows up, walks in. He's like, can't believe you guys are worried about me. We're like, you disappeared. Yeah, Ari's a fucking fascinating guy. <laughs> have you ever done getting uh, this, Get uh, this is not happening? I did,
1: and I totally regretted it. Why? Because – oh, this is good to get this on the record because I just – every time I see, you know, the uh, picture of me on that show, I'm always like, ugh. Because, you know, Ari, <laughs> he's like, hey, you want to do my storytelling show next week? And I'm like, I don't really have any great stories ready to go. And he's like, just get up there and talk about anything. Just tell a story. It's no big deal. It's just yeah. it's, it's loose. Don't worry about it. And then I go – And the two guys that go on before me have the tightest, most hilariously worked out the (laughs) machine-style stories. And then I get up there and go, I was on a cruise ship once and I passed out naked. It's so dumb. It so doesn't fit. I I don't have punchlines. And I was just like – but he was just he just made it seem like it's such a casual thing. He did that. And thing. then I get there and you you have to pose for the opening title sequence and I'm like this is a real show that's really going to and I got nothing. TJ Miller went on before me told his whole brain tumor story.
0: It's a great story. Yeah, it is. It's a great fucking story. No shit
1: like that's ever happened to me.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. Ari, Ari said to to me, we we did. I did one the very first first round. He did that. He was the pilot episode that he shot to send sell to Comic Central. It's me, Jim Jeffries, Bill Byrne, Eddie Ift. And so um, Ari goes, "Can you go first? And he goes, "Will you?" He's like, he tells everyone, it "Doesn't need to be a story. It doesn't need a story." And then he gets her and he goes, "Will you just tell the Tracy Morgan story?" By the way, this is the impetus of me and Jay Moore never speaking again. Right, right. This one day is, and uh, he goes, "Can you just tell the Tracy Morgan story?" And I go, uh, "Yeah, I can tell it." And He's like cool. So I go up. I tell it. It. I mean, I. I don't. I'd never <laughs> told it on stage ever. So I didn't know how hard it would kill, and it destroys. And I go back, and it's Jim, Eddie, and Bill Burr, and Eddie, and B- all three of them. They're like, dude, we're. What- He said we could fuck around up here. Like, these are are real stories? Like, I didn't know that I had to have a story. And I go, yeah, it's an old story. He goes, Jim Jeffries like, old story, my ass? That's the best story I've ever heard in my life. He goes, fuck you. So Jim Jeffries goes in. He goes next. He tells a story that is murderous about having a threesome with two girls with a fat girl. And they're all doing coke. And it's so great. Eddie Ift is like, I'm fucked. (laughs) Eddie Ift tells a story about riding a bike in Amsterdam. And it tanks. And then Bill Burr, to his credit, just made up a fuck like told a story on the fly, and it was so destructive like the it was it was about getting booked for a college gig and it was so bad and and it was so bad and the girl that booked him was so shitty that halfway on stage of bombing he thought i'm gonna fuck this girl <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, I'm gonna do everything in my power to fuck this chick and so he goes. Cut to: I'm back in a bunk bed. I'm banging her, and then and then the ending was. Then we ended up dating for two years. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was fucking great. I gotta go. All right. Uh, wait. Give us. Give me. Thanks for give me Fifteen seconds. 15 it's been seconds, great knowing hours. you. I'm going off the. i I'm seconds.
1: going off the grid.
0: You, <laughs> high Court every night at midnight on Comedy Central.
1: Starting. How soon is this going to plot?
0: Next week. Tuesday night.
1: This will be Tuesday?
0: Yeah, I release it Tuesday so everyone gets it Wednesday morning, but it comes out Tuesday. So
1: tonight, everybody, you can watch it at midnight uh, on Comedy Central, uh, 11 Central and and Mountain. And um, yeah, it's on Monday through Thursday. I can't wait, man. Whole month of shows and then Comedy Central's got to decide if they want to make more or not. But I'm so proud of it. Really? I'm so happy with how it turned out. That if for some reason it, it we don't make more, it was uh, you know it's great to be able to get to do it, yeah, do it easily. Like Comedy Central, the pitch and the process was very easy. We didn't even do a pilot; they just you know
0: greenlit the series. I fucking love Comedy Central. <laughs> I really do. I I feel like they're in, I, they're in such a great place of making television right now. Everything they're putting out, I fucking love.
1: Well, that's good, and um, you know DouglasMovies and I mentioned that Wild West Comedy Fest because I'm hoping that the timing will work out that we're there at the same time and you can there be a guest on I'm... Douglas Movies. Wait,
0: when are you there? Are you there? I'm there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
1: I, I think that's me too. And then okay. so like Douglas Movies would be like Saturday afternoon. So that unless you you know have some sort of touristy thing you want to do that day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can come come be a guest, and uh, we can have some more fun. Todd Glass, I used the Burt Kreischer approach to a guest on Todd Glass uh, last Saturday at Good Nights in Raleigh. Yeah. Where, like, the games are easy. Either you don't really need to know anything, you just have to speak the fastest. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, that makes it and so then, much fun. And then uh, for the game at the end, uh, the you know, each of the guests on stage got one person out of the audience to come help them. Oh, which is so
0: much fucking fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so uh, uh, Todd Glass uh, was hilarious. He didn't have to sit and worry about, oh, I don't know trivia. Yeah. He just got to be Todd Glass and people were writing to me on Twitter saying it's one of the funniest episodes we've ever done.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. I'm listening to that
1: one. Where normally listeners would be irritated if a guest doesn't know anything about movies. Yeah. You know, or, you know, uh, kind of implodes over that
0: Seriously Every time I say <laughs> seriously Siri comes up Oh really? Yeah
1: <laughs> I thought you were just saying it Just because you You just noticed that in yourself And wanted to change
0: No you Seriously th- XM This is the best This is my new way of uh, Ending a podcast I'll I'll show you in a Okay um, Yeah well I'm going to listen to that one That one's You just released
1: yeah it was just uh, oh, it was yeah. from last weekend
0: well everyone listen to the High Court uh, watch High Court listen to Doug Loves Movies we'll listen and watch Doug Getting Doug with High hopefully we can I'll walk i run up by my wife and see if she can greet okay, my, my, my wife. Girls, my wife um, <laughs> but I appreciate you being here Doug thank you very much thank you hey Siri it just turns on It's just fucking turned on